What's going on, everybody? My name is Timothy Cato III, but you could just simply call me Cato. And this is I Got More to Say, a hip-hop podcast where we talk everything surrounding the culture. Rather publishing, rather the industry, rather current events, rather hip-hop fashion, we speak about it. And today, I have a very, 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 very special guest. Um, man, where do I even start? Uh, I met this young woman here at Syracuse University where I attend college. I mean, where I attend classes here within the Newhouse building of public communications. Uh, I'm audio arts, as some of you guys may know, but this lovely young lady happens to be in advertising. Born in Atlanta, GA. You a Grady baby? No, I'm not a Grady baby. What baby you is? That's a whole other story. You don't know the hospital? Okay, bet. She just kind of fucked my shit up. But born in Atlanta somewhere. We don't know if she really Atlanta because if she not born in Grady, she ain't really Atlanta, according mm, that's to... That's not true. That's not true? No. Okay. So anyways, um, born in Atlanta, Georgia, a graduate of Clark Atlanta with a, uh, with a, with a bachelor's degree in mass media studies and with a focus in PR? Focus in PR. Focus in PR. And here at Syracuse University, doing advertising, as I stated before. Her motto, you put me anywhere on this earth, I will triple my worth. Lived every damn where below the Mason-Dixon line. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, I'm talking about none other than the lovely, the beautiful, the charming, the talented, Samara Sanders. Samara, how you doing today? I'm doing well. See, you did your homework, uh-huh. but you didn't do your homework homework. <laughs> Oh, man. So I see that's how we started off for the first minute. No, that's not how we started. No, oh, okay. but we're we going to get there. I want to put all your business out there. We're going to go back to it towards the end. Got you. Um, Sam, first off, thank you so much for being here. I appreciate it. Um, as I said before, I started this platform to speak with people such as yourself. I've always enjoyed our uh, music conversations. You're one of the most knowledgeable people that I've ever met around my age as far as everything surrounding the music industry, especially um, Southern hip-hop, which, you know, is, you know, very near and dear and close to my heart. Uh, Sam, real quick, though, um, I wanted you just, if you don't mind, just to, you know, talk about, you know, where you were born, your upbringing, you know, where you're from. Um, you know, tell the people a little bit about yourself. So, I was pretty much raised in Atlanta, but because my mom uh, moved around a lot and then she had a lot of um People in my family, you know, like a village. It takes a village to raise a child. Mm-hmm. So, you know, times where she couldn't, other people stepped in to do it. And our family spread out in a lot of different places. So I've lived in Louisiana. I've lived in Mississippi. And I've lived in Texas. And I've lived in Georgia. So um, actually, let's go back to the beginning. I was actually born in Texas. That's the crazy part. I was born in Texas, and then right after I was born, my mom went to, um, she sent me to my auntie in Mississippi. And they, was between, they would go back and forth between Mississippi and Louisiana. And then afterwards, um, I ended up getting sent to live with my grandma in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. And that was when I was about, like, four years old. Okay. So I moved there, like, when I was, like, starting or leaving pre-K. Let me say that. Um, so... Can you repeat the question again? <laughs> yeah, I was just trying to talk about, like, you come up, your story, pretty much how you oh, got okay, to where okay, you are okay, now. Okay, okay. So you moved to Atlanta when you, when you okay. settled so, in Atlanta when you was four. Right, right, right. Okay. okay, so I was with my grandma, mm-hmm. and um, so my mom ended up moving to Atlanta also, mm-hmm. but this was, like, years later after my grandma had got breast cancer. So my, my grandma got breast cancer in, like, 2007, mm-hmm. and um, 06 or 07, and that's when my mom ended up moving to Atlanta to help, like, take care of my grandma and take care of me and her little sister, which is my aunt, et cetera, et cetera. 
So my mom was in marketing. She did like a lot of marketing during the crunk era. And this, so the crunk era, I, I would say it lasted between like 05 to 07, maybe even back as far as like 04 to 07. I would say 03. Okay. Up okay. to 03, because like Ying Yang Twins and Little John. Oh, uh, yeah. yeah. Definitely. Yeah, that and Eastside Boys. Yeah, realistically, I mean, to me, I think um, 8-Ball and MJG kind of helped with the crunk era as well, but that's a topic for another day. But as far as Atlanta, we'll say 2002 to like 2000, whatever. Okay, okay, yeah, that's fair. Okay. That's fair. Mm -hmm. So just like the early 2000s, and then, mm -hmm. of course, like, I was little. So this is the area that I'm growing up in, mm -hmm. in Atlanta. Um, so I just saw my mom doing, like, stuff, and, like, she was always gone. Like, she had, like, a lot of work during, like, in nightclubs, and, like, she was making sure people were straight and stuff like that. And that was, it was just, like, interesting to me. Like, I wanted to know what was going on. But I also just loved music. And I remember her buying me, like, my first radio, and she bought me, like, three CDs, like, three to five CDs. I know, like, one of them was, like, Melanie Fiona. Okay. One of them was Rihanna. One of them was um, Black Eyed Peas. Like, she always used to put me on to different varieties of music. And then, of course, like, just through the radio, <clears throat> like, she would take me to school in the morning and I would listen to the radio station. So, like, Hot 107.9, V103, Kiss 104, like, those were, like, my favorite radio stations. So I would purposely, like, miss the bus so that I could listen to the radio. Um, like, while she drove you to school? Yeah. Oh, you got away with some <laughs> shit, bro. I didn't get away with this. Sometimes, oh, like, I would God. get in trouble. But, like, but you some, love the radio that much. Yeah. And what station was it? Uh, V103 and Hot 107.9. Okay, I'm familiar. Yeah, yeah and then yeah, Kiss like 104. Them, like, the two radio stations in Atlanta. Yeah, and then Kiss mm -hmm. 104 was kind of, like, the, like, smooth jazz and, like, like R&B and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. So, um, but anyways, like, I just grew up, like, a passion for music. Um, I even, like, did, like, like I um, auditioned for, like, talent shows and stuff. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, I don't know if y'all had it. But, like, in the South, talent shows are a really, like, huge thing for us. Mm -hmm. Like, you go, with your, you get in the group with your friends. Y'all practice a little dance routine to whatever song is out at the time. I know we did one in fifth grade. We did Baby with Justin Bieber. And then um, in fourth grade, we did Sierra's One Two Step. Mm -hmm. So it's just, like, getting together with your friends was, like, a big thing and, like, creating something. So I come from, like, a creative background all around just like dancing singing modeling all of that um and then you have to also think about it. like I was in Atlanta and that's that's all people did was dance like we had like the the one two step we had to walk it out we had the um the two step <laughs> like it was just like these little dances that would come out um the nay nay all this type of stuff so it was just like a what you would call it like back then it was called like turns up or whatever like yeah that's just what we did. Or we would go skating with our friends. And we thought we was grown. Like, that was, like, the pre-club era for us. Mm -hmm. Like So before we could turn 18. Yeah, definitely skating? Yeah. Like, at Cascade and stuff? Yeah, well, I, I was on So the Cascade is technically, like, I would say, like, more towards, like, the west side. Mm -hmm. I was on the south side. So it was more so, like, Golden Glide or, like, Starlight. So, like, Skate Zone, zone for us. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It was more like Starlight and Skate Zone for us. Okay. And then, like, if you was to go to the west side, like, okay, you probably go to Cascade, yeah. Nah. Nah, yeah. I just brought back memories. <laughs> nah, for real. Yeah. Just for those of you who don't know, I'm actually born in Atlanta. Um, won't necessarily say I'm from there. Uh, mostly upstate, but just figured I'd put that out there. Skating, um, what is it you said? Yeah. That was, like, the pre-club. Nah, you damn right it about that It was pre-club. Nah, yeah, you sure ain't wrong. Yeah, like middle school era. Mm -hmm. Nah, that right. Sometimes, like, that was the era, like, sometimes, like, if your parents were strict, like, you'd be like, oh, I'm going to such and such house. Mm -hmm. And then 
y'all go from there. Now, Sam, real quick, um, and thank you for that. I didn't, are you, I don't, um, appreciate you for sharing that. But um, so now that we pretty much at like your middle school years, crunk area of Atlanta into the trap, the early trap oh, era yeah. of Atlanta, yep, then yep, into, yep. you know, the full mainstream trap era, then into, you know, kind of like the party and the dance music era, then into, you know, like... I call it like trap resurrected. So like the savages yeah. and the babies and everybody like that. Migos. So yeah, you didn't exactly Migos, all of them. Rest in peace Migos. to take off, by the way. Yeah. yeah. So you pretty much experienced, I would say, Atlanta's like golden years. Not to say that they're not still in them, but um The old Atlanta. That's what we call it old Atlanta versus New Atlanta. Yeah, you experienced both. That's what I would say. Yeah, because you know you went to college at Clark and you know yeah. your college years was pretty much baby and all of them taking off and the Migos was taking off. So yeah. um the question I have for you is just, um, but before we kind of get to your college years, I always say that I feel like, you know, people who really fall in love with music, we do it at a real young age. And, you know, obviously you did it like in grade school, but um, I think middle school is kind of like the years where you really, you know, you realize that this is something that you're just going to be an easy listener if you're really going to be invested. So obviously you chose to be invested. So um, what, um, where am I going with this? So um, what was like you listening to, like, in your household? And then what was you listening to, like, during, like, your middle school years? Oh. <laughs> My household overall or during that era, like, during that time period? Your household overall, what was being played in the house? Like, you know what I'm saying? From, like, your cousins, because I know you got a lot of your brothers, yeah, your sisters, um, your mom, your daddy, like, who? Who else? Hey. All right, well, this, this will be a big, big one. Um, and... I think my mama can agree with me on this. Mm -hmm. So my mom, she worked a lot. So she sometimes, like I said, took a village to raise me um, or raise us. She would drop me off at my auntie's house mm -hmm. a lot um, so that she could watch me and look after me and stuff like that. But all my cousins were always older than me. So I was like the little cousin that they had to like take everywhere with them like because their mama made them. You know, because they would get into trouble, all this, whatever, whatever. So I was just, like, tagging along all the time. So I saw a lot of stuff growing up, and I heard a lot of stuff growing up. Mm -hmm. um, so this is a big one. During 05, that's when Hurricane Katrina happened. Yep. So a lot, all my family, not a lot, but all of them moved from New Orleans to Atlanta. Mm -hmm. And um, most of them moved back to New Orleans years later, but some of them ended up staying in Atlanta. So when they came... Um, most of them were in middle school and high school. So I got to hear all the music that I wasn't supposed to be listening to. Mm -hmm. So can you say, uh, name some of those artists? Lil Wayne. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, uh, BG. Mm -hmm. every, everybody from Cash Money. Okay. Everybody so from Juvie, No Limit. Yeah. Turk, BG Wayne, all of them. Yeah. Okay. Any um, um, Real quick, because a lot of people don't know this um uh, Mac 10 was actually signed to um, Cash Money. Did you ever hear his Cash Money album or not? Nah, not really. I didn't hear it, but okay. I know he had a song with Wayne because there was one on, it was like a movie soundtrack. I forgot what the movie was. Okay. Yeah, I forgot Wait, what it was. Wait, next Friday? Yeah, yeah. next Friday. How know you know that? Like, oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> what you mean? I came up with this. Because oh, I okay. got a ride does on yeah. Yeah. yeah, I got a pocket for life. Yeah, I remember that one. Okay. It's Friday. Yeah, when yeah. BG was on there. Yeah. Okay, bet. So you said um, so you said you said to your cousins who came up from New Orleans, so you said a lot of yeah. cash money. How about some No Limit? Any No Limit or not really? Yeah. Okay. I mean, they. he's actually um our cousin. I've never met him, but he's our cousin. No Limit is our cousin? Ma oh, Mass P. Wait, what? Yeah. I know. It, nah, I've been you knowing you for about like nine, <laughs> seven months. You just know, you know how much I really respect. Because I personally don't know him. But you just now telling me that? 
I mean, what? It ain't nothing to say. I can't call him. <laughs> I didn't had I didn't had two or three dissertations where I didn't told about masterpiece history and just his influence and his genius as an entrepreneur. You're just not telling me in front of all these cameras. I appreciate that, Sam. You saved some good for the show. But hey. wow, you and Master P are actually related. It makes sense. It's the South. Yeah. You know, yeah, down the I line. Think people don't understand that either. Like, it's very small. Yeah. It's, big. As big as the South is, it's very small. So yeah. you said you never really listened to No Limit like that growing up, but even though Master P was your cousin. Um, so I listened to them growing up because okay. my, my mom also was into, like, rap and all that. So I definitely listened to them, but my cousins mostly listened to Cash Money because they were younger, you feel what I'm saying? And mm -hmm. Lil Wayne was really popping. Like, yeah. ODJ had came out, all that. Cash so. Money kind of had, they were on, like, the late 90s and yeah. then, like, a couple years in the early 2000s, yeah. you know, and then Cash Money really had, they run. I mean, late 90s, yes, but really 2000 on and cash, 2000 to 2012, cash money was going crazy. Right. So okay. you have to think about it. Like, it's not like, oh, we don't listen to No Limit. Like, no, we love No Limit, but, but it's just Cash Money's was popping yeah, right now. My cousins were in middle school and high school, mm -hmm. so they came up on cash money. Gotcha. So yeah. you look like, so like, a, during like your, your adolescent years, your real young years, so like five to 10, a lot of cash money. Yeah. Um, and what else was going on at that time? Oh, what else was going on at that time? Yeah. Uh, Mm. So she had the conk era. You had to when it started to like go on. Give me some years. Give me some years. So like you said when you was five, or you said because well, around Hurricane Katrina time you was like five or six. So two thousand seven. Like so yeah. two thousand seven, like two thousand eleven. What was that like? Two thousand six, two thousand eleven. Mm -hmm. Oh, I think the OMG girls came out. <laughs> That's Wayne and Ti's daughters. Groups, yeah, right? okay. yeah. Got you. Well, Regina ended up. She was an original group when it was just like the four of them, mm -hmm. and then they. Replaced two of the group members with one person. So it ended up just being T.I.'s daughter, Zanique, and then, um, well, T.I. and Tiny's daughter, Zanique. Mm -hmm. um, what was it? Beauty. That was her name in the group. And then uh, Brie. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, I think that was like, what's it called? Like the Screen Tour era? DJ Scream. I think I think that's what they would consider it. That make a lot of sense. These, a lot of people um, don't give DJ. Shout out to DJ Scream, by the way. Shout out to Big Facts because there's definitely a podcast that I watch um, and I'm very entertained by. I don't think people understand how much DJ Scream did for like the youth of Atlanta during that time. Yeah, like them rich kids. I think oh, had yeah. Scream tapes. Oh, how yeah. did I forget about rich kids? Oh my goodness, yeah. rich kids, lady rich kids. Mm -hmm. Bandit Game, Marco. Yeah, all of them. <laughs> all of them. And like I said, Scream. Lotto. Lotto was out. I had a Scream tape, right? Huh? Did Lotto have a scream tape? Oh, I'm not sure. Okay, but I'm talking about like as far as the youth in Atlanta during like that 08 to like oh, yeah. 2011 period. Everybody, Travis Porter. Yeah, they definitely had scream tapes. We yeah. thought we were so grown. Oh my goodness. <laughs> so what do you remember most about that era? Because I feel like because you had Gucci and T.I. and Jeezy, mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying, taking over the nation with the trap music and the trap sound. What do you remember about that era? Like that kid, not that kid era in Atlanta, but like that. You know, like that era of Atlanta, because I feel like that era of Atlanta is criminally underrated. I'm a huge fan of that era. Okay. Um, I think it's kind of by default though, because mm -hmm. my um my stepfather listened to a lot of Gucci. He listened to a lot of Gucci, but he did listen to Jeezy too. But he listened to a lot of Gucci, mm -hmm. and I also feel like um like when I would go to school or I would be like in any type of after school programs or just like meeting other um people my age, mm -hmm. a lot of them listened to Gucci, too. And mm -hmm. it wasn't because of the music. It was because they loved his look. 
they loved his style. She was so gangster. They, yeah, they loved his mm. music videos, like the Lemonade music video. I remember everybody With just like yellow. playing that on their cell phone at recess and just watching it, like you know. So like he influenced people not just like musically, but like stylistically, stylistically Definitely. as well. Um, who was? T.I. Mm-hmm. I know a lot of people love T.I. Like, kids come to school, like, with their little they hat the tip. Hat to the side. <laughs> <laughs> they would come to school with their hat tip to the side. Yeah. Like, they they thought, like, I'm talking about, like, um like the boys at the school. Like, they thought they was, they thought they was T.I. Yeah, T.I. was different <laughs> for that. Um, yeah, and I think, like, um, with T.I., I like the fact that a lot of people don't realize, but he always included the kids in his videos. Mm-hmm. So, he automatically got like the vote from our generation because he was so like for the people. Like mm-hmm. all his videos were kind of like shot in the neighborhood, or um, it was on the stairwell, or it was like you know like he had kids around him, he had the youth around him basically. So it was like his videos were very like community focused and mm-hmm. community like. So I think that kind of like made people gravitate towards him more because it was like oh he he's just like us. Yeah. Versus like Gucci, you can't, you know, as a kid, you can't really relate, but you think he's cool. Mm-hmm. But we couldn't really just say like, oh, yeah, I'm in here whipping up, you know. Like, no, we was not. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, yeah, I think that. And then Jeezy, um, I think Jeezy made a lot of like, I mean, he said himself like motivational type of music. Yeah, I mean, his album series, TM, TM, Thug Motivation, Thug yeah. Motivation, yeah. Um, I would say them some classics. I'd have to agree. I'd have to agree. I mean, I'm a yeah. Gucci fan. You know, out of the three of them, I rock with Ti. You know, I, are you asking me to pick? Um, yeah, I mean, you can. Like, are you, me. are you pitting them against each other? Nah, I mean, you know, everybody has preferences. Like I said, I feel like overall, because Jeezy had to deal with Def Jam, if I'm not mistaken, um, or I just say Jeezy was signed to a major. Oh, I love you know, that. I feel like Jeezy really, you know, he had um, he had BMF backing him. Yeah, I feel like he you did. know because he lived like Blue Da Vinci and Blue all Da Vinci and Meech yeah. and all them. So because he had them backing him, I feel like you know you give Jeezy was the one. You know, eventually he signed that record deal, and then which I believe it was Def Jam, if I'm not mistaken. Um, he signed that record deal, and then you know he drops that first album, and then bam, it goes everywhere. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Hit after hit after hit. Meanwhile, you know, I think um, Ti came out with trap music in 2004, but then Ti no. 2003, I think, was trap music, and I think Urban Legend followed in 2005. So, you know, T.I. dibbled and dabbled with the trap music in 03, but by the time he got to, like, King and Urban Legend and, you know, No Mercy and T.I. versus T.I.P., you know, um, I don't want to say it was more commercial, but it wasn't necessarily as, you know, deeply rooted in the trap. It was commercial. <laughs> okay, if you want to call it commercial, we could do that, you know. I feel like it was T.I.'s real life. You know, people grow, people change. You know, mm-hmm. they experience different things, but I can respect that. And then, um, you know, Gucci was who he was. I mean, you yeah, know, the yeah. first album is called Trap House. The second album is called Back to the Trap House. Um, so, Sam. Oh, excuse me. Before I get to Sam. Yo, what's going on, y'all? Now we on to the segment of the show called Put On or Put Out, where we rate hip-hop fashion. So, essentially, how this is going to work is that I have a couple of printouts here um, of a couple of different rappers um, and some of their best fits, I would assume, since that a lot of these are on the red carpet. And I'm going to show our lovely guest, Samara, um, you know what I'm saying, what, what they have on. And she's either going to say put on if the artist properly executed the fit or put out if she's not feeling the fit, if the fit does not go together. Sam, are you ready? I'm ready. Got you. So first off, Sam, we have Kodak Black at the BET Awards. You can hold it. Kodak Black at the BET Awards. Um, 
looks like some kind of matching green designer, like fuzzy suit. I don't really know quite what to call you that. You know what? It's like um like corduroy. Mm-hmm. A little bit of corduroy. Okay. You know what? I, I'm gonna put it on. Um, I'd have a shirt underneath it, of course, but I put this on. He just look like you know, like a little Rick James outfit. You know, it's giving. Yeah, I put it on. So put on for Kodak? Put it on. Put, put on Kodak. Okay, you can just flip it over and just... Yeah, there you go. All right, next up, we got Houston Royalty in the building. Lil Flip. One Lil Flip. Somebody yeah. I credit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. With the Jersey era of rap music. Him, Nelly, Cameron, Master P. Um, there's a couple others. Fabulous. Dipset. Yeah, Dipset. But I credit Flip as well with the Jersey mm-hmm. era. How we feeling about an old to old Houston? During this era? Yeah, during that era. Did he put it on or did he put it out? It depends on however you want to grade it. How do we feel about Flip? He put on. What what kind of shoe is it? I wish I could tell you. Uh, no, he put on. He, he put, on? put on? I, I definitely like the chains, too. Like, that four-leaf clover is hard. All right, Sal. So, next up, <laughs> we got Wayne, Little Wayne. I believe that this was 2013, if I'm not mistaken. Sporting a pair from what I believe I was told those are women's jeggings with a Louis Vuitton belt and some Vans. And of course, I believe Wayne is kind of one of the people who made being shirtless cool. How we feel about Wayne's fit? You wanna know something though? Wayne has always been like one of my favorite fashion people. In hip hop. Yeah. I would definitely consider Wayne a fashion icon. And a lot of people don't, but I do because I feel like mm-hmm. he took that skater. That um like that that skater personality yep. and, and I'm not gonna say he took it because that he did he's not he didn't appropriate it that's really who he is yeah but he yeah Wayne's a legit skateboarder it. yeah like yeah. he merged it with hip hop the best I feel like mm-hmm. um I know Lupe Fiasco like he did some you know some skater stuff like in uh, Kid Cudi but I, as far as fashion goes. Mm-hmm. I would give it to Wayne, especially during that era, because like, especially like when everybody's wearing like skinny jeans and stuff like that. Like, I just truck feel fit. like, yeah, that truck was, fit. That was he made he made truck fit hot. Yeah, that was his thing. I don't know if they still sell it anymore, but that was definitely so, Wayne's thing. Um, I would definitely put on, and I just like I like the patterns. Like, I like the fact that he he's not afraid to play with patterns, mm-hmm. so he can get away with this. So Wayne put on. He put on. Shout out to Wayne, one of the greatest of all time. Shout salute to Weezy. Next, oh hold on, gotta go with this one. I think I took it out of order. Next up, we got Pimp C on the shoot of the I Choose You video. Oh, with he the, definitely put on. You ain't even the, gotta show me that picture with the white meat. You ain't mink, even gotta show with me the matching white hat. You ain't even gotta show me. If I don't ever get married, y'all, this this gonna be me. <laughs> I promise you, I'm going to get me a suit. I'm going I'm to go take it to a real designer and be like, listen, recreate this outfit for me. And I'm going to marry myself. Marry yourself? Okay. I respect it. He so, definitely put on. Okay, so Pimp put on for that one. He put on. Yeah, I'm not going to lie, that is an iconic moment, um, iconic he fashion moment on. in hip-hop. Yeah, that all white. Mm-hmm. From the head to the toe, especially at the a ice. Yeah, and just that verse that he spit, my bitch, you choose it, lover, never it's fuck without a rubber. Rub, yeah, you can't take nothing like away from pimp on that one. That's one of the oh, okay. Dresser, Driver, a compressor, compressor, top notch hoes, get the most, not the less. Uh, okay. Um, so pimp put on on that one. You know, that actually, that's I got to speak on that. That's one of the I ain't gonna say the few, but one of the rare times in hip hop where everything just worked. 
yeah. the video, the song, the production, you know, who was featured in the video mm-hmm. between, you know, 3-6 Mafia and um, Ooh, Outkast. You want to know something, though? What's up? That I think is very interesting. Hmm. Not just, like, the um, labels, because I don't even think we got to that, but the the uh, music video directors. Mm-hmm. So, like, Hype Williams and then, like, who was it, Benny, Benny Boom? Yeah. Like, they just had more, I don't know, creativity. I'd agree. It wasn't just, like, standing around. It was, like, you know, mm-hmm. it, it was almost like a like a movie production sometimes. Mm-hmm. So I think that's kind of, like, underrated. Okay. Unappreciated. But, you know, I'm going to have to include that into the show now, actually, now that you mention that. So appreciate You're that, welcome. Sam. Always coming through. Next up, we kicking it back down to Florida, and we got Plies. Um, I don't really know what's going on in this outfit. Not Mr. Ran off on the plug twice. Uh, he looked like he ran on the plug three times with this fit. Um, <laughs> you know, like I said, I don't really know what to call this outfit, but you know, I'm gonna let you be the judge of that. Did Plies put on, or do he need to be put out? Oh, Plies, so, baby, I love you. What, what, how you doing? What is this? Show mommy, show body, show body. <laughs> oh shit! What is this? <laughs> God. Oh, my God. Yeah. Um, With the gold shoes? Yeah, that might be cultural appropriation, but... He didn't appropriate it like 50 different cultures. <laughs> he got a sombrero. He got a Met Gala. Like, I... I huh? Sam, is it put on or is it put out? I've never seen anything like that before. That is definitely a true ode to Florida. No disrespect to people from Florida, but Florida and Texas do things just a tad bit differently. He definitely uh, need to get put the fuck out. Put the fuck out? <laughs> the Lord, fuck out. Lord, have mercy. <laughs> so put out for, for Plies. Plies, baby, I still love you, you know. But he 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 put out. He got he put out. But... <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. I'm not even going to ask you now. Now, back to Atlanta. Um, you know, definitely um, free this young man because he's been locked up for far too long. But how we feeling about Rallo? The all-pink champion oh, wow. sweatsuit with now the pink Rallo. I rock with Rallo. First of all, Rallo didn't be dressing. He be dressing. Put on. I'm mad. He definitely put on. Put on with the fit. Free ride low, by the way. No. By the way. I f- I'm Damn, a- goon! <laughs> I'm going to say this. I also think, too, when we talk about people from Atlanta that's really fashion icons, I really got to give Rallo his credit. Because, like, when he used to pull up with the, like, the, um, the, 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 the like, the Davy Crockett raccoon hat with the raccoon tail, yes. I've never in my <laughs> life seen anybody wear that. And with for, the shades on. With the shades on. I got to give Fam Goon his credit, but definitely free Rallo. Rallo, we miss you. Come home soon, yo. Matter of fact, I think he Aww. home. I think he home soon. I think he home real soon. Yeah, be. yeah I think I think he about to be released to a halfway house soon. So definitely free the Fam Goon, free Rallo. Next up, back to the west side of Atlanta, Bankhead, if I'm not mistaken. How we feeling about Shorty Low, Mister Dun Dun? How we feeling about Shorty Low? Did he put on or did he put out? For this era, he put on. I feel like you could wear that now. Maybe. You feel like you could wear it now. I don't know. Monty, what you think? I would wear it now. Show I just Monty. wouldn't wear the T-shirt. The Tiger T-shirt. Show money, please. Shows off for me. Can, 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 can you wear that now? Maybe if the fitting's a little bit differently, but could you work with that or not? Nah? Not at all? Okay. No? Well, how we feeling about Shorty Lowe? The, the late, great Shorty Lowe? Shorty Lowe put on, or do he need to be put out? 
Now, I do I do rock with Shawty Love. Mr. Dundon. Also, rest in peace to him. Definitely. Um, I'm going to have to put this one out. Okay. Just for the simple fact that I don't like the T-shirt mm-hmm. because it's giving me, like, I don't know. It was It's like New York meets Atlanta meets uh, Underground Neo Soul Coffee Shop. <laughs> On Thursday nights, they do poetry. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so I'm just <laughs> Wait, rest what? in peace. Rest in peace. You feel me? But, but rest in peace, Mr. Don Don. Definitely. R.I.P. to Shorty Low. Next up, I'm kicking it down to Texas, Houston, Texas to be exact. Slim Thug at the um Dirty South Honors Hip Hop Awards. Hosted by VH1. Well, how we Ooh, feeling about gosh. Slim Thug? Slim Thug, uh, motherfucker. It's the Dirty South Honors Awards yeah. for me. How we feeling about Slim Thug? Was Slim Thug, did he put on or did he put out? I'm going to say he put on. He put kept on? it simple. He, mm-hmm. he got a plain white T-shirt. His jeans are crisp. Yeah, them things is crisp now. <laughs> and he got some some reasonable shoes on. Re- reasonable? <laughs> Wait, what? I ain't never in my life ever heard nobody say. What you mean? They reasonable. They not irrational. It's rational. He made a rational decision. He made a very reasonable decision. I can understand the outfit. It's not crazy. Now, if we bring up plies, that's I don't understand that. That's not reasonable. You don't have a reason to have a cape on a fur two piece. Like, this is reasonable. Okay. I can go anywhere in this. Okay. So slip the, the thug put on. Slip, put on. Put something put on. Shout out to Slim Thug, definitely. Shout out to whole, shout, shout out to the whole Houston. Next up, back to Atlanta. You know, I, a lot of this looked like it was some cool. You know what I'm saying? So he was putting off of his brand. But how do we feel about Ti at the 2014 BET oh. Hip Hop Awards? Oh, tip. <sighs> Please show money real fast. Okay. <clears throat> so this is what I would say. Um, I just th- first I put out it's getting put out because I do feel like this was like a, a a moment for like you know some type of product placement type of moment. He on the red carpet. Um, he's at the award show. He wants to promote his brand. I understand that, but I think like a simple. Simple plain jeans, maybe, would have worked for this. Okay. Or even some Amiri jeans would have worked with this. Okay. But the, you know, and people can play around with patterns, but with this shirt, it wasn't meant to for patterns to be played around with. And he just, the, the camouflage with the plaid is kind of insane. I've never seen <laughs> camouflage <laughs> and plaid together before. <laughs> Oh, it's falling. Oh, man. I've never seen nothing like this in my life. Um, What I will say is I like the shoes, and, and that's the crazy part. The shoes and the shirt, I love them together. All he had to do was change the pants and lose the socks. Change the pants and lose the socks? Change the pants and lose the socks. But, you know, as he said, he, he got flays. I think this the flays. He, you know. I feel like sometimes, and this is no disrespect to, to Tip, I think sometimes when men get older, mm-hmm. 
I think they still want to keep up with the the current generation. Okay. So they try to like do their own style mm-hmm. with like a pop of whatever they think is hot right now. Okay. Like I don't think he ran this by his kids first. <laughs> he ran it by Demani. He got twenty kids. And he did not <laughs> run this. <laughs> he didn't run this by not one kid. Okay. He could ask Demani. He could ask Messiah. He could ask Deja. He could ask Zanique. It's very impressive that you know. He could ask King. His children. He could. Well, like I went that. to school with, with some. Oh, shout out yeah. to them. Okay, but, but he could ask Major. He could. I don't think Eris was born here, but. Yeah, he didn't run this by his kids. I bet you when the money seen this, he was like, that. Hey. You know, I don't know. I'm going to put this one out. <sighs> All right, Sam. Next up, definitely free this young man. But we have the, uh, what is it? I, I used to like to call him the rat weirdo, but, I mean, this man is an absolute trailblazer, an icon, not only when it comes to fashion, but when it comes to music and when it comes to Atlanta, what he means to the city. Definitely free Jeffrey Lamar Williams, a.k.a. Young Thug. But how are we feeling, Sam? Young Thug at the Grammys on the red carpet. How are we feeling about Young Thug's outfit? Because Young Thug, out of everybody in Atlanta, I think probably has definitely the most interesting, interesting and unique sense of fashion. He definitely does. I mm. mean, one of his album covers he had on the dress. He called it a, qu- a, a quilt. Let's, it was, let's, okay. Let's. He had no, he had on a quilt. Mm-hmm. Jeffrey fire album by and, the way. Uh, and that hat he had on was given like you know like a Japanese. Yeah, like Raiden from Mortal Kombat. Yeah. yeah. Um. Definitely highly it, influential. Yeah. Yeah. So first off, I think Thug is a fashion icon. Oh, without a doubt, he is. Mm-hmm. Um, he definitely pushes the boundaries, mm. even with this. I wouldn't even say pushes. I would say exceeds. Okay, he, yeah. he exceeds. Mm-hmm. I would say exceeds the boundaries. Sorry, I mean to correct you, but I, um, no. Thug's out there. I'm going to say put on, and this is why I'm going to say put on. Mm-hmm. Honestly, this is, smooth, this is smooth outfit. Yeah, me. with the cape? The cape, even, mm-hmm. it's giving me. It works. Right. Like, only but he can do every, that. <laughs> not everybody yeah. can pull this off now. Mm-hmm. But it's giving me like a hip hop count Dracula. Okay. Like my biggest thing with this fit is the shoes. The shoes, like right? The like f- why he didn't use like maybe like some brown feet? I don't know. But this is what I'll say. This so far, I don't even care about that. To yeah, be facts. Yeah. <laughs> like just the suit itself. Like I could see like it's smooth. Like mm. his pants, they were iron. And, that, and them shoes right. really make the outfit memorable. They, they make the outfit memorable. Yeah. And I like the cape. The cape reminds me, again, it reminds me of, like, Count Dracula. Showing Monty. Monty, how do we how do we may, feel about Young Thug? That may have been what he was going for. Yeah, I don't like that. Oh. So, Sam, Thug put on or is he put out? He put on. Put on? He yeah, put on. Definitely. Yeah. And what is it? It's Free Who? Free Thugger. Definitely. Free Thug, we miss you, homie. Land ain't been the same without you. Bat, so Thug, put on. Next up, we kicking it back to the 90s. We're going back down to Florida. Uncle Luke from Two Live Crew. <laughs> Young Uncle Luke. The only man to win twice in the Supreme Court for music copyright laws. One of the most influential. Sam? Um, did he put on or put out? Uncle Luke. He put on. Okay. 
This um classic Miami starter jacket. Yeah, he mm-hmm. got the, the the classic jacket, the chains. It's not too much. It's like just right. The jeans, you know, the jeans. I can't really see the shoes, but they white, so I felt like they they mm-hmm. pair well. I would say he put on. Put on. Yeah. Gosh, you're so Uncle Luke. Put on. Next that, up, that velvet starter. Next up, going back to Florida. Give him Kodak another chance to make sure that he put on. We already said he put on before, but how we feel about young Kodak? Young Kodak, I believe that was the XXL freshman cover shoot. I'm going to put this out. Put it out? <laughs> Damn. Because he could have put it on if he would have chose like to do either do without the socks or do without the socks and change the shoes. Mm-hmm. I think the socks were threw out. I don't know what's up with them and socks. Like They just like the... T- Slap socks on. We just saw one with Tip, and he had them crazy-ass plaid socks with them <laughs> camouflage pants on. I'm not understanding what's going on with these socks, but um, I'm going to put this out simply because I don't feel like he should have socks on. Okay, so he should go barefoot with the Sperrys? Either barefoot with the Sperrys or change change that whole foot. Change the foot. Change the foot? Yeah. Okay, so change the shoes. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I bet. So Kodak Black, phenomenal rapper, but nah, shoot. You're not, you wasn't feeling the fit. Next up, man, this photo has so much nostalgia. Um, Like I said, once again, I rest in peace to Shorty Low. You know what I'm saying? And shout out to OJ the Juice Man. But I want to focus on the man in the middle. Young Gucci Man. Look like back in 2006, 2007. <laughs> We it know. definitely has to be because Brick Squad was together. How we feeling about Gucci? How we feeling about Gucci's fit? The Jordan Nines with the Dicky shirt, Dicky shorts rather, with the Brick Squad T, and of course the jewelry game always crazy. He put on. Gucci put on. They all put on. They all put on. Shardy Low put on the best to me. Okay, Shardy Low. Okay, so Shardy Low redeemed himself from last time. Yeah. Okay. He put on. Gucci put on. What you like about the fit? It just go I together. I like the fact that it just co- color coordinates. It's simple. It, it, it matches. You know, he got a red and white shirt on, mm-hmm. black pants with a red dicky emblem, and then he got red, white, and black shoes. Like, okay, it, it ain't nothing wrong with it to me. But so Gucci, Shorty, Low, and OJ all put on. They all put on. Man, shout out to some of the early, early, early innovators of the Atlanta trap sound. Next up, oh my God, Jesus, um, wow. I could explain this photo, but I just love the fact that every single member of the early Cash Money days is on here. Sam, oh. how we feeling about the early, early Cash Money days? <laughs> the big, tall, white tees when I take the Jabot jeans and the Cash Money emblem chains. Sam, the Cash Money as a label taking over for the 99 and the 2000s. Do they put on or do they need to be put out? They put on. I mean, in my opinion, once it's kind of like the last picture. Like the plain white tee, I don't feel like you can go wrong with a plain white tee. Yeah, like, I'm with you. I wear one if you, to this day. If you can fuck up a plain white tee, then I don't know what to tell you. Something wrong with you. <laughs> but I think this is, you know, and then they changed wasn't too big. It was like a simple rectangle, plain white t shirt, black black jeans. It looked like black jeans. Mm. Some of them had hats on. Well, all of them got hats on. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, what's most notable, I guess, in the outfit would be the the scarf around Wayne's hand mm-hmm. and then the scarf around um, BG's neck. I would say they put on. They kept it simple. White tees, 
watches and chains. Mm-hmm. So put on for cash money? Put on. Man, Shad, this is one of the most legendary photos of all time at the Source Hip Hop Music Awards, and almost everybody in here is a platinum-selling artist. They need to bring the Source Awards back. Man, I miss cash money. Free BG. Definitely, definitely free BG. Shout out to Slim and Bird. Next up, oh my, Memphis Royalty. <laughs> the second Memphis uh, hip-hop act to get, or excuse me, the first Memphis group to get a record deal, but the second overall act behind Gangsta Pat. Premro 8-Ball Smith and Marlon Jermaine Godwin, also known as MJG. Sam, the Memphis royalty, some of the pioneers of crunk, some of the early inventors of Southern gangster rap, early innovators of Southern gangster rap. Did they put on or did they put out, Sam? Put out. Damn. <laughs> I like the fact that I'll give them this. I like the, the um, white Air Force ones. I do like the crisp jeans. They was very much iron. <laughs> um, but this is what I'm gonna say. I'm gonna put on for no, cause I don't like the plaid for real, for real. I guess if you're a plaid person, it would work. But mm-hmm. because I'm just personally not a plaid person, mm-hmm. it don't work for me. But um, if I was, I would say he put on because there's nothing wrong with his outfit. I just personally don't like plaid. Uh, so you said it don't work because you personally don't like plaid. Yeah. And then for eight ball, um, yeah. mm. I can't tell if I like it or not. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on, show it the body, body. What we thinking for eight ball? Eight ball is the I, body. I take it that face means neither. Okay, how's <laughs> you? Monty, what's wrong with it? We're going to put this out overall. Hey, MJG, know I love y'all. Make some of my favorite hip-hop music of all time, but Sam not rocking with the fit. Next up, um, one to me, maybe the most underrated um, fashion icon in all of hip-hop. Um, previously known as Titty Boy. How do we feel about 2 Chains oh, at the Hawks game? That's my boy. Yeah, I rock with 2. <laughs> a lot of people don't give 2 his credit. 2 Chains is really two a boss one of the flyest ones. Him and Monica mm-hmm. were one of the flyest ones in Atlanta to me. Okay. Um, I respect that. Shout out Monica. He put on. He definitely put on. 2 Chains put on at the Hawks game? He put on. Okay. I love this jacket. Okay. I don't know what it is. A quilt jacket. It looks like a quilt, a quilt jacket. Mm-hmm. Like when we talk about best dressed rappers, I feel like we don't mention him enough. We don't. And that's know. only because he's just been like laying low. Yeah, I think also too because a lot of people look at Two Chains and you know what I'm saying like I think Two Chains like in his 40s and hip hip hop mm-hmm. is a young man's game. So I think that they really sleep on him. Mm-hmm. Um, next up, Kodak again. Um, look like some very exp- orange everything. Some very expensive orange designer bags. Sperry's with the orange sniper gang jumpsuit. I mean, not jumpsuit, um, with the orange sniper game sweatsuit. How we feeling about He put on. Kodak put on? He definitely put on. Okay. why he put on. He put on because the shade of orange. Shade of orange? This It's like a creamy type of orange. Okay. It's just, you know, like it's like like when you get your nails done. Like this ain't a pink. It's a creamy type of pink. Okay. So I like the fact that it's not like. Like you know, like that, like that orange that just be like, <laughs> okay, you know, that, that just speak to you. Yeah, that just okay. speaks to you. This is like it's more like a subtle type of orange. Like it was mixed with 
white, like if you mix orange and white, like mm-hmm. yeah. So I like the the shade that he chose. Um, I also feel like surprisingly the Sperry's went well together. Okay. Um, I've never really seen Sperry's in a sweatsuit together though. Okay. Um, it does not look bad on him though. Okay. I like the chains. The book bags is cool. The duffel bag is cool. I put on. Put on for Kodak. I put on for Kodak. Shout out to Kodak. All right, near towards the end. This is Lil Wayne. This had to be recently. I could just tell because I feel like I see the new face tattoos. Um, it's a lot going on here. But how do we feel about? <laughs> how we feel about tune? You know what it is? It's the background. The background? I feel like maybe if he was like against like a all um white background or all black background, it would have really like kind of brought the outfit out more. But because it's like they put him up in the air, mm-hmm. it just looks crazy. <laughs> <laughs> He looked like a fucking superhero from Holly Grove. Oh, wow. Shout out Holly Grove. So how we feel about Wade? He put on or he put out, Sal? I would say he put on. It's just that the palm trees on the pants at the bottom is kind of throwing me off. You said palm trees? Yeah, you didn't see that. Oh, no, I did not. Yeah, the palm trees is kind of throwing me off a little bit because it's like you got this big jacket on like you in New York, but your pants is so Miami. With them boots on. And then you got these Alaska boots on. So it's like, <laughs> I'm not sure how to feel. Oh, and it's a bathing ape um, coat. Yeah, that's rare. I ain't never even knew they made coats. I know they made like bubble jackets and raincoats, but I never seen them make one like that. I will put out, but I'm before I put out, I'm gonna take that jacket and put it on. Okay, so Wayne put out overall, but you rocking with the jacket. Yeah, I'm rocking with the jacket. Lastly, bringing it back to Zone Six East Atlanta, we got the legend Guap. Don't quite know what's going on, but how we feeling about Gucci's fit? You got to play that shit again. I don't know. I just, I don't know when I, I stopped liking plaid, mm-hmm. but <laughs> please. Um, I'll say this. I like this outfit if the shoes was a solid color. Okay. It's actually not a bad outfit. I kind of like it. It's, it's giving me like he's in Miami. Sam, is it put on or is it put out? Let me see. I'm going to put it on. You're going to put that on for Gucci? I'm going to put it on. Got you. <laughs> I bet. Well, anyways, y'all, Sam, definitely always appreciate your participation. Thank you so much for your <laughs> anecdotes. You're uh, welcome. Y'all, real quick, so I know you mentioned... <laughs> yeah, you're funny. So I know you mentioned earlier, you said um, you said that one of your favorite eras was the OMG girls, rich kids, um, 
I forgot a couple of the name of the other people. Travis Porter. Travis Porter. That was some of your. That was one of your favorite eras in Atlanta. I personally feel like that era really gets um, overshadowed a lot by mm-hmm. what came before it with Gucci, Jeezy, and Ti, and then what came after it with um, you know Thug and Pee Wee and Twenty One and all them. Uh, could you talk about your experiences growing up in Atlanta at that time with the Scream tapes and you know um, you know Lex Luger coming out? The Waka Flock of Flame was out at that time. Oh, God. Like, can you talk about like what it was living okay, in Atlanta at that time? All the way back. All right, let me let me go back into my little memory box. So, boom, we listening to like Walker, like you said. Oh, Mm -hmm. let's do it. Just came out. Yeah. Um, No hands just came out. And still today, Mm -hmm. that no hands is still played in a lot of functions that you go to. Definitely. Especially like um, colleges, like colleges, they they'll never stop playing that song. Mm -hmm. So that whole era was definitely influential, like Roscoe Dash. Mm-hmm. Um, who else was on there? Wale was on there, but he's from yeah, Wale DMV. from DC. Yeah. Um, uh, who else was there? Travis Porter. Yeah. Um, Rich Kids. OMG Girls, you said. Lady Rich Kids. OMG Girls. OMG mm-hmm. Girls. Kind of like did like a big number on mm-hmm. Atlanta. I'm gonna just say Atlanta, and I'm gonna say like Southern states. How so? Um, I would say because. That era, like, there was not a lot of, like, groups out. So, you know how, like, I, I always compare it to, like, my mom's era. They had NSYNC. Mm-hmm. They had Destiny's Child. They mm-hmm. had TLC. They had... SWV. SWV. Mm-hmm. They had, um... um they had a lot of groups, basically. Mm-hmm. And your mom, and, just so for the listeners, the, your mom's era is, like, the mid to late 90s? 80s and 90s. 80s and 90s? 80s okay, and 90s. late 80s or early... T- Late 80s, pretty much throughout the 90s. Yes. Okay, yes, gotcha. Yes, yes. All right, continue. I'm sorry. Um, so it was kind of like a remembrance of that era, like what it meant to really just be like a pop group or whatever. And when I say pop, I'm not talking about like mainstream music. I'm talking about like just popular and just like, oh, you got like a poster of mine's behavior on your wall. Like that whole fan craze type behavior. of thing. Mm-hmm. Yes. So um, the screen tour was like OMG Girls and... Um, Mind's behavior, and I think like Tiger was probably on it, or Lil Twist. I know mm-hmm. Lil Twist was on there. Um, yeah, Jacob Lattimore. Was at that time. Jacob yeah, Lattimore, Jacob Lattimore yeah. was really popping. Um, uh, who else was it? It was it was a lot of them. Yeah, it was like the young nigga era in Atlanta. Yeah, young well, young person era. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, because yeah. everybody was anywhere between the age of like 14 to like. Right. Maybe even 18, you know what I'm saying? 18, 19. So it was just a real young time in Atlanta. And it was a lot of young, you know, up in, like, minus behavior at one point. I believe they were, like, superstars. Yeah. At least in Atlanta. They were. They you were. Know? Yeah. Um, and I wouldn't even just say that. I think minus behavior went way um, further yeah, outside Atlanta. Of, of Atlanta. Georgia. Um, mm-hmm. Just for some I could admit, like, admit that, yeah. Yeah, like I said, like, they were... A kind of like a um, like nostalgic yeah. almost mm-hmm. from like those 90s groups that used to be like very popular and you would always be like oh like trying to choose the person in the group you wanted to be mm-hmm. or choose the person in the group that you wanted to date like oh that's my boyfriend like that whole like craze type of area mm-hmm. um, and I think like fashion wise they influenced a lot of girls like a lot of girls started dyeing their hair purple and pink and mm-hmm. yellow and this was before um and this was before Nikki, so I can speak just for like the Atlanta area. Like before Nikki, people wanted pink hair. Mm-hmm. People wanted to the tutus and stuff. Like yeah, you created the OMG girls. With and that. then like yeah, and then mm-hmm. the whole what's it called the Converse. They used to come all the way up to our knees. Oh, I'm and, so glad we had that. Yes, era. 
Oh my god. Oh, <laughs> I had some That era was day oh sound. Black ones with some purple butterflies. Yes, I used to love them shoes. I'm not mad at you, Sam. I, I had some very them. questionable outfit choices back in my day, too. I used too. to love them. And then we used to have, like, these big old bows in our hair. Yeah, I remember that era. We used to have, like, these seashell necklaces. Mm. Like, it was a crazy time. Mm-hmm. It was, like, Facebook era. Yeah, that shit. That was damn near MySpace when you really <laughs> think about it. You go back to it. So, yeah, that so that era. So, you was a fan of that era. Now, um... Real quick, because I don't want to make sure that we leave this era, but the era that kind of coincided with that one, as I said before, because I don't know if the camera cut it off, was the T.I., the Jeezy, and the right, Gucci era, right, the, right. you know, Atlanta trap era. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I always said, you know, T.I., you know, he was the first one with a deal because, you know, he came out with, um you know, trap music, you know, his sophomore album um in 2003. Which, you know, he claims that, you know, that's when he started, you know, tra- this trap music era in Atlanta. Um... And then after that, you know, he had Urban Legend and he had T.I. versus T.I.P. And then he had, um, you know, King and those, you know, people say more commercial. Um, that's fair. Like, I, I know you feel that way, but, you know, sometimes mm-hmm. people grow and, you know, you got a different bag to chase sometimes. I can admit that. Yeah. I, I, I can agree with that. Mm-hmm. You know, so, so, he had, so he had that era. So then you got Jeezy. Jeezy, you know, is backed by BMF. Jeezy is backed by, um, he's backed by BMF. Jeezy's backed by... Um, excuse mm-hmm. me. Jeezy's back by BMF, and then he eventually goes and he signs a deal with Def Jam, mm-hmm. and then you know his debut album is just hit after hit after hit. Yeah. Um, so you know Jeezy oftentimes gets credit for a lot of um, what's going on within the trap music sound because you know um, come shop with me sold fifty thousand yeah. um, copies independently, and then you got Gucci, uh, my personal favorite, as you know what I'm saying, no. which is no, yeah, which is no <laughs> secret to anybody. You know, then you have Gucci, and you know Gucci. Uh, what is that? I don't. I don't necessarily know when Gucci got a major deal, but I remember you know he released um you know Trap House, which I think he did on Big Cat Records. Mm-hmm. Um, you know he had that album, and then you know that album was definitely you know very influential as far as um you know the trap music era in Atlanta. Then you know he got back to the trap, which I believe was his debut album or his second his sophomore album, and I think that one was done with Atlantic. Mm-hmm. But um. You know, Gucci, to me, really had the underground in the streets as far as trap. I felt like T.I. definitely introduced the word, introduced the thought of, mm-hmm. you know, like um, what, tra- what trap it actually was. And then Jeezy, you know, really was the show that, okay, this could have a lot of commercial success. How do you feel about that era and those three in particular? Okay, well, I'm, I'm going to start with, I'm going to start with Tip. So, okay. With Tip, it was more so like, and and this is just like for, from my personal experience, he was more so like, re, re, uh, how, how do you say it? Like, somebody that we could relate to more. Mm-hmm. That's how I put it. And when I say us, I'm talking about the youth. Okay. Just for the simple fact that, um, and I'm not sure if this was intentional along the way, and I feel like it probably was, but he included a lot of the youth in his videos. Like, if you go back to his earlier videos, it's kids all in his videos. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of videos that shot in his um, on the West Side. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a lot of videos that's, you know, um, shot while he's, like, on the road or, like, going somewhere. Like, he always includes some type of aspect of the youth in his videos. So mm-hmm. I kind of felt like he was more so for the community. And I felt like he wanted to push himself to be like a voice almost. Mm-hmm. So um, do I think he started it? I, I, I would have to agree with you. I think he spread it. Mm-hmm. And I think he did um, help commercialize it, definitely. Um, and like I said, when I was in school, 
fashion came from music videos. So when Tip would have his head, his hat to the side, like you would, you gonna see boys in school with their hat to the side mm-hmm. because they wanted to be like him. They wanted to imitate him. Mm-hmm. They looked up to him in a way. Um, so I would say he did a great job of that because you know he had like the youth very influenced by him. Okay. Um, and then Jeezy. Jeezy was more like motivational type of music for me. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, he has albums, Thug Motivation. Yeah. So I think he even knows it. So that that was his obvious clear intention. Like, I'm going to motivate people that's doing hustlers. Yeah, I'm mm-hmm. going to motivate them, mm-hmm. which I actually admire. That's an aspect that I do admire about Jeezy because I feel like you need that motivation. Mm-hmm. And I feel like it was actually like early manifestation in a way. Yeah. Like, his words and his lyrics, like, he was telling people, like, listen, you can do X, Y, and Z and do this and do that and um, whatnot. Um, Versus where I feel like Gucci, it was more so like, nigga, this is what I do. (laughs) This is who I am. This is what I wear. Mm -hmm. These the bitches I'm fucking. (laughs) (laughs) And, hey, this this is who I am. It wasn't, I don't feel like he was just trying to, like, raise nobody kid or trying to be like, oh... I want to push rap history forward and stuff like that. I think he was just more so like there are other people out there like me and it's just like it is what it is. Like this is our reality. This is what I do. Yeah. And why he did it, he was he was fly. Yeah. You know, he was very um very much a style icon in Atlanta at least and in the south. I know that for a fact because like I said, a lot of the stuff that we mimic was from the music videos. That's the only visual that we had. Certainly. So when I, I remember the Lemonade video coming out, and mm-hmm. it was like, you know, it was gray and just yellow. Mm-hmm. And that, like, really, you know, like, piqued our interest because it was different. Yeah. Um, I used to watch that video religiously. Yeah. You know? So, and even the cars that he had in the video. But mm-hmm. um, outside of the materialistic aspect, I feel like Gucci did a really good job at being himself. Yep. And that's how he was the most influential because he didn't have to, like, sit up there and be like, oh, well... I want to, you know, do this for the kids and I want to uh, do this for the community. Like, he was just more so like, you know, I'm wearing this. Um, I got the trap house right behind me. Mm-hmm. Like, he was just, it was reality. Yeah. Like, it wasn't something that could be, you know, made up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, now that's definitely an interesting point. I always say, like, with Gucci, like, um, you know, out of the three of them, I'm Gucci, I'm I'm rocking with Gucci by far. Um, like I said, I respect the... Uh, with my birthday swing. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> but anyways, I rock with Gucci, um, you know what I'm saying, by far more than um, the other two. You know, I respect what they did as far as for Atlanta within the music industry. I always thought the thing, too, with Gucci was that, um, and, you know, I don't know how you feel about this, but when it comes to that early trap music, I don't feel like anybody really goes into the, as much detail as Gucci. Yeah. Like, um, I think, to me, probably the greatest trap song um, written that, or to ever come out of Atlanta is um, Swing My Dough by Gucci. Mm, I like put the pants in my pants and do, do the, the dishes. dishes. Don't nobody, nobody, nobody fuck with, with my kitchen. kitchen. Yeah, my kitchen is another one, too. That's my but, favorite. But you see what I'm saying? The detail mm-hmm. that Gucci rapped about, right. you know what I'm saying, the trap. And, you know, Jeezy did it. 
to a certain extent too. But I just felt like because Gucci was just so underground and Gucci was just focused on making yeah, you know the hardest music. And because he was doing it every day. And because he was doing it every day. He really lived Well, I'm sure Jeezy had his dealings in the street too. I don't want to speak on that. But, you know, um, I'm sure, I'm sure, I'm say this. I'm sure Jeezy either was around people or had enough experience to be able to do it the way, you know, to be able to rap about it from an intelligent standpoint. But right. like I said, Gucci, when he did this trap music, it was painterly. You know, and um, he was always inspired by gangster music. Like, I remember um, um, I read his book, um, at least his first one. I didn't read the second one. Yeah, I'm halfway through it. But um, I remember he was just saying how, you know, he was so inspired by, like, Memphis because he was like, man, I heard all these dudes making all this gangster music. And he was like, you know, Project Pat was like my favorite rapper. And when I wanted to be a rapper, I wanted my lyrics to be true to what I was doing. And, you know, I definitely feel like Gucci really capitalized off of that. And authenticity is what has carried him thus far as far as in his music career. Right. And mm -hmm. I feel like that's also the distinction between those three. That's why I kind of say, like, I feel like T.I. spread it. Yep. You know, and, mm -hmm. and he had more of, like I said, a community aspect to his. Mm -hmm. And then Jeezy was more so focused on motivation. Yeah. Like, hey, yeah, you doing this, mm -hmm. but nigga, it don't end here. Yeah. Like, you... After this, you have to find something else. Like, yeah. you gotta take this money and go do something else with it. Mm -hmm. And then Gucci, he was just like, very much detailed about it. Very much like this is what I do mm -hmm. on a regular basis. This is what I do from sun up to sundown. Mm -hmm. You know, and um I mean he went on to be a great businessman in my opinion, mm -hmm. but I just feel like um as far as trap music goes, mm -hmm. he like you said, he was the one that kind of like went into detail about it. But he's also more like raw. Yeah, You know, like, you can tell that Jeezy is more politically correct. And you can tell, like, Tip over time, he just, you know, especially because he's more of a family type of man, he's always been about the community. Mm -hmm. So eventually he stopped talking about that stuff. Yeah. Eventually he started collabing with Rihanna and collabing with Chris Brown. And, mm -hmm. like, you know, like he wasn't talking about that stuff no more. Yeah, and, and to I, me, I'm sorry to cut you off, mm -hmm. but T.I.'s best work to me was, um, what is it, uh, what, uh, Paper Trail? Mm -hmm. when he got away from that, when he yeah. was more influential, when he, you know, songs like Live Your Life with Rihanna and, you know, My Life, um, Your Entertainment. Mm -hmm. And, you know, to me, I mean, I think that's T.I.'s best-selling album. I think it's triple or quadruple platinum. So yeah. I would have to agree with you. Like, you know, I salute T.I. for what he did as far as how influ the influence he does have within trap music. But I definitely have to agree with you. He was, um, yeah, he was definitely more... Um, he, he he definitely made his best music, I feel like, outside of the trap landscape. Right. Yeah. I think he outgrew it. This last thing I'll say about it. I think Tip outgrew it mm -hmm. quicker than they did. Because... I ain't gonna lie. I don't think Gucci really ever outgrew it. I mean, you still listen to a lot of his... I mean, not not to say Gucci hasn't grown as a man or as a person. I'm not trying to disrespect at all, but... I, yeah. He was... Okay. Then, Gucci okay, still let me rephrase made, got it. some hard-ass lyrics. He do. The yeah. first, he was... I feel like he was the first one to start to lean off of it. You see what I'm saying? Like, or he was pretty much the only one to, because even in Jeezy's last album, yeah. it was called Entrepreneur or something like, some, something like that. But, yeah. you know, he was still talking about it here and there. But even then, he wasn't really talking about it. Yeah. So I just feel like with Tip, it was more so, like like I said, it was. I feel like it was a, a family move. Yeah. Honestly, I don't think he wanted to, to continue to talk about the same shit he was talking about in 2002. And he got, you know, boys growing up under him and stuff like that. Even though they can go back and look on that, I just feel like it was more of a um, a strategic move than anything. So, yeah, Sam. So, um, I mean, as you said before, 
T.I. was more of a, you felt like it was more of a family reason as to why he stepped away from it, and he eventually just, you know, kind of got pushed out of it. He went on to making different music. Great music, nonetheless. You gotta grow up. Yes, okay. Um, Jeezy, you said that when it comes to him, it was just, after a while, he just decided to leave it alone as well. Business. Business. And Gucci... <laughs> I, I mean... <laughs> he don't give a fuck. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Gucci, I mean, you know, the music is still the music. You know what I'm saying? So, um, you know, I feel like, re respectfully, though, I'll say this. T.I., you know, is still married, and he's a family man. Yeah. And, you know, him and Tiny is raising their family. And right. I feel like overall, you know what I'm saying, they definitely have inspired, a, you know, mm -hmm. a generation. Um, I feel like Jeezy. Um, you know, it's, he, yeah, he's busy. He's married. He has a yeah. child or children. I don't know how many, yeah, but um, he's a family man. And Gucci, I mean, shout out to Gucci. He just welcomed his second child. And, you know, he's been married for about like five, going on six years. Yeah. So, you know, I think overall, when we look at this era and we look at these three, even though I don't think really none of them are really on like speaking terms or matter of fact, let me not even put that out there. You know, even though we don't really see them collaborate or nothing like that, we already know the situation with Gucci and Jeezy. Right. You know, I feel like overall, though, you know, just as fans of the music and just fans of the genre, you know, we definitely got to clap it up, you know what I'm saying, for them, you know, give give them their flowers and tip our hats to them because these was young men who, I mean, you know, Jeezy was, we remember Gucci, how he was in and out of jail and now he's out and he's married and he has a label and he's put on almost everybody you could think, well, 85% of the rap game. Yeah. Um, you know, That's very much true. Yeah, Jeezy is buying up all the property in Atlanta and handling his business and, you know, I'm T.I. got clothing brands and God knows what else and Best comedy. his kids. His kids are artists. His yeah. sons do music. Yeah, I mean, I just seen his son who looked oh. just like him. I don't know which son, but playing the guitar, I'm like, damn. So. That's Messiah. Messiah, yeah. We definitely got to give them their credit. But just to kind of get up off this point real quick, mm -hmm. Because um, I want to um, go on to the next thing. Um, who would you say out of all three of them is overall your favorite? Who would you say is the most influential? Because you already know how I feel about Gucci. Oh, gosh. Mm -hmm. Oh. No. You want me to start? You start. <laughs> favorite is obviously Gucci. As I said before, I think that we have to give uh, WAP a lot of credit mm -hmm. just for not only, like I said, the authenticity and just the realness and the grittiness of his um, of his take on trap. Right. Um, working with all these producers, Drummer Boy, Zaytoven. I mean, some of the top trap producers. I mean, he did a early collaborative hey. tape with, with Metro Bullman. I mean, if you was a hot producer out of the South at the time, especially out of Atlanta, I felt like Gucci was really going to rock with you. Yeah. Um, everybody he brought to the game, I always say this, like, I give Thug and um, Kid Cudi and Chief Keef a lot of the credits for as far as how his music sounds. But as far as who really put a lot of these guys on and, you know, who really, you know, I feel like inspired as well, maybe not from a musical standpoint, but just from a persona standpoint, you have to give it to WAP. I mean, Fetty Wap is from New Jersey. He said the reason why my name is Fetty Wap is because Gucci was WAP. I mean, mm -hmm. there was a rapper named Lil Wap. Yeah. I mean, you know, he yeah. even said, like, you know, Gucci was yeah. my inspiration. Um you know, mistake out there. Lil Wap was signed for him at one point. I believe so too. Yeah, yeah, if I'm not mistaken, I don't know what happened, but you know, wherever Lil Wap is, um, you know, what I'm saying, I hope he's blessed. Um, you know, then you even have, I mean, you, he has a label right now full of up and coming stars. I feel. I mean, Hot Boy West, Big Walk Dog is one of my favorite up and coming artists. Yeah. Free Art. Pool, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Free to put. You know, I, you know, why I like him so much because he remind me a lot of Project Pat. And mm. for those of you who don't know, Project Pat is my personal favorite rapper. Shout out to Project Pat. Pat, if you was watching this, please hit me in my again? DM. Huh? Where's Walk Dog from again? Mississippi. Okay, yeah, yeah. he's from so, Mississippi. Yeah, Walk Dog, Hot Boy West. I mean, he found Shiesty, Free to Shiesty, um, Free to Big Brr, definitely. Mm -hmm. um, what is it, Fugi Fugiano? 
Yeah. You know, yep, he yep, found, yep. you know, he put him on. Him Dolph, food. yeah, Dolph, he worked with young in his career. Yeah. Uh, Bankroll Fresh, he Bank worked with young oh, in his career. You going, you I mean, yeah, going worked, all the yeah, way, Yeah, young babe. in his you career. Like, all the way, baby. Yeah, I mean, he all signed Chief Keef at one rest point. Recipes Bankrolls. Definitely Recipes Bankroll. We're going to talk about him. Um, He signed Chief Keef um, at one point. Chief Keef was signed at 1017. I mean, the list goes on. I mean, even um, Kodak Black, you know, he worked with him at a young age. He cited Gucci as an influence. Key Glock cited Gucci as an influence. I mean, yeah. This man's influence is absolutely astounding. And then when you listen to Gucci's music, I know a lot of people say, like, I don't really like any of Gucci's new music. I encourage people to go listen to, you know, Waptober 2, and actually both Waptobers, you know, on 1017, El Gato, The Human Glacier. Like, I really don't feel like Gucci has lost a step. I feel like he has a very good balance. Huh? What'd you say? No, I just started, I started rapping um, in my head. <laughs> I feel like that he has a very good balance just as far as, you know, the music that he's creating. And I still think that he's as hard as ever. And, you know, I'm very excited. You know, by the time y'all see this, it might have already came out. But the 06 Gucci song with 21 and the baby. Mm-hmm. I mean, I feel like it's me 06 and 07, 08 and even 09. The last nigga tried me, go ask him. Oh, wait, um, the last nigga tried me, go ask him. He didn't survive. I'm like, damn. Yeah. Like... <laughs> like he's the only one out of the three that ain't just like completely saying, yeah. "Hey, this, I, I'm gonna just." Yeah, <laughs> and I think that's why for Move me, on from it. Yeah, I mean, like I said, I kind of veered off, but you know, as far as why he's my favorite. But like I said, the influence, the quality of lyrics, the longevity. I'm sorry, I'm not interested really in too much like. I'm not listening to a new Jeezy album. I'm not listening to a new T.I. album, you know? Gucci drops. Like I said, it's just my personal preference. Like I said, I salute them two, them, them two for what they did and, you know, the, the fan base that they do have. But, right. you know, like I said, Gucci is still out here to me dropping a lot of quality music. So, right. But anyways, so as far as who's the best and who's the most influential, I feel like my answer was obvious. Who are you feeling? So you chose the best and influential for Gucci. Yeah, like okay. I said, from the trap music standpoint, from the musical standpoint, from okay. the most influential, yeah, I have to give it to Gucci on that one. Okay. All right. Mm-hmm. Like all these rappers so, are all his children. I, I think he made a song like that six yeah, years he ago. Did. Yeah. So best. Mm-hmm. We didn't even mention Nicki Minaj. You Sorry. Know, this yeah. conversation is just so like. Oh, and then he had Walker. Oh. See what I'm saying? This. This is a really like. <laughs> you don't understand because this is the conversation of all conversations for yeah. Atlanta. Yeah. Um. But I'm not going. I'm not going to stall. I'm not going to sit there and be like, "Oh, they all the best to me, and they all in future." I'm going to go ahead and make my 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 picks. Mm-hmm. Me personally, mm-hmm. for best, I'm going to have to go with Ti. Okay. I'm gonna go with Ti. Mm-hmm. Let me tell you why I'm gonna go with Ti. I'm gonna go with Ti because not just the versatility, but his just overall style. You can't say that nobody else, like, okay, so for example, I feel like some people have came out and tried to imitate Gucci. Mm-hmm. Oh, countless people. Nobody has came out and tried to imitate T.I. because you can't. You can't. You can't mimic his accent. You can't mimic uh, his style. Like, it's just his whole style and charisma, I, I just feel like it feeds into his music as well. That's just for me personally. Okay. Like, I've just never ran across another artist, and I was like, oh, I could hear T.I. on this. Or I was like, oh, he remind me of this person. Like, for me, he just was, like, very distinctive. And and I give it to Gucci, too. But like I said, I feel like 
they have tried to like literally, you know, no pun intended, but tried to like clone him. Nice. So <laughs> I don't know why you did that. Oh my so, god, like, the internet is gonna have a field day with that one. So like, I just feel like with with Ti, like for me, he just had his own style, his own charisma, and that was just outside of the music. So once he is like, once he did make music and stuff like that, it was more so like for me, it was more personal. I felt like he, like, you could relate to him more. Like, he was, like, an uncle, or you could look at him like a brother, or you could look at him like a cousin or whatever. Like, he just felt like family. Okay. And this was before the TV show came out. You see what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. he just felt like family. Like, he felt like he, like, like you like you could call him or something. Like, he was a cousin. Mm-hmm. So I think that personal relationship that he built with his, with his fan base um, is very important to, um, to his background into his history, into his legacy, um, as well as everything that he built outside of music. Because if we talking about best, like, what 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 are you putting in best? Are you talking about best dress, best music, best... However you define Business being ventures, best, best I, 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 I want to talk about the music and the influence. Okay. That I want to talk about the things that are mostly surrounded by the music and who okay. impacted the culture. But however you define best. Okay, so, I'm, so as far as music, I'm still going to go with Tim. I just feel like he was more versatile, and I feel like I can listen to his music back to back to back because his songs have different, like, some of them have different meanings. Sometimes when I listen to Gucci, I love his music to death, and I can listen to him for a long time too, but at some point I got to cut it off because I don't want to keep hearing about Trap over and over and over and over again. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if you've noticed, but I've never heard a song where Gucci ain't never said the word Trap. Or that he's never mentioned some type of dealings with it, so we it's kind of like Monica. okay. Well, outside of his love songs, <laughs> he do got some love songs like "Computer Love." That's one of my favorite songs by with him. Justin Bieber. No, "Computer Love" don't have Justin Bieber on it. I was it's we call it black. Now that I think about it, I forgot the name of the song. If it's not, if that's not it. Love, oh, I'm thinking of Love Through the Computer, but that's with Justin Bieber. Okay, yeah, no. Nah, I'm talking about the one with um, Kodak Black. Okay, I don't know. But, that. okay, so he, like, he'll have, like, some love songs here and there, but what I'm saying is, overall, for the most part, when I've listened to a, a T.I. album and when I've listened to a Gucci album, majority of songs on Gucci's albums have to do with the same thing and the same okay. topic over and over. So sometimes I don't want to listen to the same topic over and over, but when I listen to... A T.I. album, he has different variations of different things. Like, it, one might be a love song. One might be a, a, a twerk song that he got with Trouble. Mm-hmm. Um, one might be, um, uh, uh, like, a, I guess, like a, what they call it? Like a, I guess a pain song, a struggle mm-hmm. song, whatever you want to consider it. I, I would just say, like, you know, the song with Rihanna, like, like there's different type of variations. Then he can take it back to the neighborhood and he can do the whole trap thing. But, um, I mean, he had a whole song, the trap back song. Um, and then the, the, the songs he did with Thug, like, they was just all different songs. Like, not, not now one of those songs was mm-hmm. the same. So best musically, I feel like I'll give that to T.I. Now, influential, I'm giving that to Gucci. Because okay. I, I I can't go to a part of Cali and be like, you know, like if I if I feel like if I ask them the question, they would say Gucci. Yeah. If I go to Oklahoma and I ask them, I feel like they would say Gucci. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, that's okay. that's what I was saying. All right, that's fair. Um, appreciate that. 
Um, I'm going to have to disagree with you on the fact that, you know... Gu- we can agree to disagree. Yeah, Gucci. We can always yeah, agree to disagree. Gucci can't be... I mean, I feel like the reason why Gucci is mimics is because people look up to him that much. I also That's feel why like... he's influential. Yeah, but I feel like you can't say that, oh, you, can, you can't mimic T.I., but you can mimic Gucci. I'm like, I don't know how I feel about that, but I respect it. You can get closer to mimicking Gucci than you can T.I. Okay. I, okay, I got you. I mean, it's the same one who said, go dig your pot up, nigga, but he can't say shit. I don't know if many people got the balls to say, to write, and then go to the <laughs> studio and say some shit like that, but, okay. Them, have you not heard them Florida artists? Boy, they be going in. Uh, Fulio and... Uh, who came before them? Youngin' Ace. Who came before them? What? Who came before them? Gucci came before them. My point exactly. But anyways, yeah, them Florida niggas is wild. But um, as I was saying, as I was saying, though, so (laughs) moving on, Sam. So we spoke about your time in Atlanta. We spoke about, like, you know, the Gucci era. We spoke about, like I said, like the young kind of, like, pre-club era of Atlanta. So let's go to 2000. Yeah, let's go to, like, 2011 and 2013, 14. Now, by this time, were you still in Atlanta or were you? I was still in Atlanta. You still in Atlanta. Okay. (laughs) I was was still in Atlanta I was in Atlanta from 2004 all the way up to 2000, I'm going to say 16. And then I moved to Texas. And then I moved, then 2017, I moved from Texas back to Atlanta. Okay, gotcha. So let's stay with Atlanta real quick because I do want to ask you about Texas especially because I show a feeling because we showed a lot of it in Atlanta, but very, a lot of good questions on Texas. Um, as far as Texas goes, I mean, excuse me, as far as Atlanta goes, so 2011, 2014, as I said before, we start to see Gucci collaborating and signing pretty much everybody coming out, either collaborating or signing everybody coming out of Atlanta. So rather it was Free Bricks with um, with um, Future. Rather it was Free Bricks with Future. Um, rather it was, you know, um, the collaborative projects with Young Scooter, signing Young Thug, signing Pee Wee Longway, signing... Um, Migos, um, Gucci pretty much had his hand in everything. Signing uh, Chief Keef during that time, Gucci had his hand in everything. And, you know, these, I feel like the, some of the people I just named or pretty much everybody I just named is the precursor to what we have in Atlanta now, today's with the Savages, the Babies, and everybody else. Oh, working with Bankroll Fresh, uh, right. R.I.P. the Bankroll. Right, right. Um, Keith, and, yeah, so, and we mentioned Future. What was that era in Atlanta like? Because now you got Future coming with the auto-tune sound, and he's collaborating with everybody, and Future is coming with a sound that's very new, and yeah, it's trap. Yeah, Dirty Sprite. Yeah, the Dirty Sprite, yeah. Um, what is it? Um, what is it? Um, Astro, uh, Astronaut Status. Yeah. And then he eventually yeah, came with, yeah. you know, the I'm album Pluto. Them, yeah. Um, then Thug is coming out. He got the I Came From Nothing tapes. And that is with, yep. the, you know, his very, you know, um, distinctive and, you know, sometimes incoherent style that he introduced to rap music that pretty much has stood the test of time and that a lot of people are using now. You know, Pee Wee was coming through with the gangster shit, um, you know, and. Pee Wee did what he did, and he's another one I want to talk about. But what was that era in Atlanta like? That era, that was a fun era. You know. Because that was like, first off, that was Oh, excuse me, I'm sorry. Migos with the triplets, you know. Because that we haven't really heard that. That flow kind of mm-hmm. died down because that flow was a Memphis thing. And then mm-hmm. next thing you know, you got, you know, Takeoff especially because mm-hmm. Offset was locked up for a lot of that. So I'm sorry, I had to make sure I mentioned that. So you said the era was very fun? It was very fun because that was like our coming of age era. So... Mm-hmm. That was kind of like, we was about mm, middle school. Mm-hmm. 
Um, so we listen to a lot of like, and these are some artists that, you know, still make music, but they're not as prevalent as they were during the era. But we listen to a lot of Rich Homie Kwan. Yep. He's another one. Two Chains. We listen to a lot of Two Chains. Mm-hmm. That, a lot of Rocco for sure. Definitely. That going steady. You don't even know. Uh, ain't no way around it. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. So we listen to a lot of Johnny Cinco. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of Young Scooter. Yep. Um, Definitely Scooter. Like, we just listen to a lot of, like... Mm-hmm. A lot of these uh, was underground, too. This was, like, yeah. mixtapes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, if you didn't wasn't yeah. listening to... Because, you know, I wasn't... I was I was living in Georgia at the time. Like I said, I'm not going to claim Atlanta. Um, I was with my dad in Decatur on the weekend, and then I was in Cobb County during the week. During the week. During the week. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, but... It was a lot of heavy mixtape stuff going right. on in the city. Right. Yeah. Oh, you know, you want to know what? I'm glad you brought that up, though, mm-hmm. because we we used to do this thing, um, Skrill, Spinrilla. Yep. Spinrilla. Mm-hmm. I used to steal mine off the end. Yeah. <laughs> I used to steal mine off the end. I shame the devil. I just used to tell the truth. I used to steal mine off the end, and I didn't have Spinrilla. <laughs> or I had my mixtapes. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. what I was going to get to. Mm-hmm. So Spinrilla in my mixtapes, I don't think, like, I'm I'm still and trying that to piff. and that piff. Yeah, that I was the third one I was trying to get to. Rest in peace to that piff, because I just seen that they closed yeah, down their the final piece. servers, man. We miss you, that piff. You whoever came up with that, they you, held us down. You held us down, especially when we was in middle school, wanted to bump the new music. We yes. got it for the free ski. We salute whoever came up with that piff who worked with that team, bro. Hope that you and your family are well. But please continue. Um. So with Pee Wee, this this is how I feel. I feel like Pee Wee himself, just as a person, mm-hmm. did not give a fuck about no fame. Nah. And versus yeah. like other, there, there were other artists in Atlanta. Like they wanted to be famous. They wanted to be known. They wanted to. They rap to to take off. And I feel like, you know, and I'm not saying he didn't, but I don't feel like he was pressed about it. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. Because if he wanted to do this and tour here and tour there, like he would have did that shit. Yeah. And he didn't. Mm-hmm. So it's like, um, I think he kind of just like stuck to what he wanted to stick to. Mm-hmm. Like, he stick to what he wanted to stick to. I don't feel like he he was just like, oh, I, I got to be in front of these major labels. I got to mm-hmm. I gotta do this deal with QC. I don't, oh, think, I gotta, I don't think Pee-wee I, ever signed. I, I, I think gotta, Pee-wee independent still. Right. Mm-hmm. So that's what I'm saying. After all these years, as many people as he know and people that know him, you think he couldn't have been like... You know, um, had had a uh, a fan base as big as Thugs. Mm-hmm. I feel like he could have if he wanted to. No. Um, but I also feel like that a lot of um, Thugs success and a lot of other Atlanta rappers success had a lot to do with. Um, I feel like it had a lot to do with like like looks too. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like Thug just you know he he had the dreads and he had the 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 eclectic fashion choices. Mm-hmm. So some of that kind of made Thug go viral too. He would paint his nails, you yeah. know? Pee Wee don't do that shit. No, he don't. <laughs> he don't around? do that shit. Uh-huh. So it's kind of like the people that do pay attention to him, it, I don't think it's going to be a, you know, a little boy or whatever. Like Thug got fans as young as like five. Yeah. They don't know what the fuck he's talking about. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they don't care, they, but they like the way he looks. Yeah. And I feel like that has a um, a lot to play into it, too. So, you know, off the comparison or whatever, I think that Pee Wee has done a great job of staying true to himself. Yeah. I mean, I feel um, like Thug is being himself, yeah. though. I didn't say he wasn't. Oh, okay. I'm but sorry. But I'm saying uh, that uh, with him saying true to himself, like, 
it's not going to be the extras. That's not who he is. I see your point. Yeah, I understand. And like I said, I mean, respectfully, I mean, I think Pee Wee was always one of those artists that probably could have really benefited from being, having uh, maybe like a, a partnership with like a label. Mm-hmm. Uh, rather, it was a label services deal or a distribution deal. Like, if he was able to get his music heard in a lot more places, I just feel like Pee Wee could, you know, really be heard a lot more than mm-hmm. what he was. But, you know... Definitely shout out the uh, long way though. I mean, right. I think we mm-hmm. we de- we definitely give him his credit. Yeah, in Atlanta, yeah, long way huge. You yeah. know, and I I mean, this might not be the most um, positive thing, um, you know, to talk about, but you know, even then, like when we talk about rappers, really, I mean, like the drug culture that really kind of that is really taking over hip hop, especially within 2016 and like 2020, mm-hmm. um, even still to this day. I mean, I give Pee Wee a lot of credit with that one. Like Pee Wee and Thug, like Thug came out with the song Stoner, and then if you mm-hmm. listen to like the Blue Eminem two, yeah. Pee Wee is all about, you yeah. know what I'm saying? Yeah. You know, lean and, and pills, it's all in his music, you know. So not to say that I'm not trying to glorify that, not trying to not trying to glorify that in any way, shape, form, or fashion, but you know, I mean, if you got influence, you got influence. So you know, as far as one of the first rappers really coming out and talking about that and making that cool. I ain't gonna say Pee Wee was the first, cause you know I definitely think Three Six Mafia and some other people, you know, um, you know UGK was influential on that too. But as far as who was um, of this era, Pee Wee definitely. So. Yeah, um, I, I, I'll agree with that because mm-hmm. as far as like you know when you talk about the that culture, yeah, um, I don't think Atlanta was ever really so hyper focused on that because we had Outkast and Goody Mob, mm-hmm. we had Pastor Choi. Yeah. So a lot of that music was like, you know, it was more like, I call it like daily life music sometimes. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. not to put it into a category, but that would be one of the tags. Like, if I had like different hashtags, that would be like one of the hashtags. And it's like, um, life in Atlanta, this is what it's like, mm-hmm. you know. And um, Andre 3000, he would rap about it sometimes, but mm-hmm. he's not about to just be sitting there, you know, yeah. going on and on about it. So mm-hmm. it's like, it would just be hinted at here and there. Mm-hmm. But, Nobody was trying to glorify that. We were trying to glorify the good part of Atlanta. You know, so-so death. Psh, what? Yeah. The Brad, mm-hmm. um, crisscross, like, that whole, that whole That era. was really never us. Yeah, that that's not yeah. us. I mean, like I said. You know, yeah, it happened. Gucci, T.I., and Jeezy kind of mm-hmm. started, like, the drug era. Yeah. You know, the trapping era. But as far as using that shit. Right. Thug yeah. long way. Atlanta was yeah. all about having mm-hmm. fun. Yeah. Uh, via Freak Nick, for example. You know, like. And even outside I of Freaknik, to like Freaknik, yeah, but it's I always. Imagine. I feel like Atlanta has always just been big on getting together, throwing parties, dancing, and mm. like that's just always been our culture. So I don't think that. Um, I don't. I don't. I don't think that it was anything new. Mm-hmm. It just wasn't talked about. We just ain't talk about it. Yeah. Like, what, what are we finna talk about it for? You see all these these rappers getting their lyrics used in, in the courts and stuff? Yeah. I, I, I never understood the point of talking about it. I'm just like, if you do it, you do it. You sell it, you sell it. You smoke it, you smoke it. But I don't feel like you should be putting it in your music. I can respect that. But, like I said, as far as my point with Long Way, you know, and I salute you for feeling that way. Mm-hmm. As far as my point with Long Way, I mean, at the end of the day, it's influential. Right. And I got to give him his credit on that one because that really was the dominating sound from 2016 to 2020. And as I said before, I remember, you know, and like I said, I listened to a lot of different rap from West Coast to down South to East Coast to even overseas at times. So he was, I really credit him with really making that like the thing to do. 
I'll say that. Right. Um, but moving off of Pee Wee, shout out to Pee Wee Longway, though, definitely. Um, I definitely want to talk about Future, and I want to talk about Migos before we get to your time in Texas. Um, okay. As far as um, Future, I mean, like I said, I was in Georgia at this time. Mm-hmm. You couldn't go around them. You you <laughs> couldn't go leave your house without hearing Turn Off the Lights, Jeez. Magic with T.I., um, Tony Montana. Um, I mean... Bit, we just, and, same and the fact time. that... Yeah, same damn time. I mean, the, the list goes I'm on. And, them, like, yeah. yeah. Okay, yeah. Like, why do you feel... And even now, I mean, Future, his last album is Platinum. He's it went still, Platinum in like six, seven months. Don't. Yeah, and... um, I mean, I think he sold his publishing catalog for 75 M's. So... You know, how has Future been able to, or what do you feel? Because, like I said, when Future came out, it was so creative. It was like, okay, it's auto tune, mm-hmm. but it's gangster. Mm-hmm. Wait a minute, time out. We could dance to this. Yeah. <laughs> Wait a minute, this shit in the club. <laughs> like, you know, that's why I probably said, like, Future might be the most important artist out of Atlanta over the last 10 years. Um, you know, I can agree. Yeah, you know, I I, I, like I said, I mean, I probably have to really sit down and think about it, but I might have to say it's him. Because um, you was really. In Atlanta, in Atlanta. Yeah. Talk about Future and how, why you feel like he's been able to continue to just push the boundaries and just continue to be successful because Future's on a crazy run. Mm. His run ain't stopped. I'm sorry, you're going platinum in under a year yeah. as a 36-year-old artist. Your mm. run hasn't stopped. But please continue. Mm. You kind of covered the bases. Like, I'm going to say, to kind of like piggyback off of that, like the, the, the versatility of the songs. Mm-hmm. Not just, like, the song, but, like, the fact that you can do so many things to it. You mm-hmm. see what I'm saying? Like, if you want to chill at home, you can you can play Future. You want to go to the club. You can play Future. You can play Future. Mm-hmm. The strip club. You can, you can play, play Future. future. <laughs> like College party. College party. Future. Future. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not nowhere you, can pl- you can't play except for church. But, you know... Um, Future, don't get no ideas. <laughs> don't get no ideas, Future. He finna hit up Mary Mary tomorrow. Yeah, facts. Yeah, nah, he gonna go straight to Kirk Franklin. Oh, <laughs> what you mean? I don't know if he gonna get Kirk Franklin. I hey, think, he'll ask. I think Ply's been trying to get Kirk Franklin, and he ain't had no luck yet. Facts, and but that's not... his daddy. Oh, wow. But, um, okay, continue, though. I think Future has had the success he's had also because um, his style, too. Mm-hmm. Like, that little jean, that little jean jacket. Everybody was wearing a jean jacket. Mm-hmm. That little cut-off one, the sleeveless one, everybody was wearing it. Mm-hmm. Um, his style, his fashion. Um, yeah, Future's one of the best-dressed rappers of all time. Um, I give Future's credit. However, he did. I wish I would have had a photo of him, but remember when he tucked in his hoodie? I ain't never seen nobody tuck in a hoodie. That shit was crazy, but please continue. Um, I lost my fucking mind when I seen that. <laughs> I said, this nigga just tuck in his hoodie? Yo, Future, if you ever see this, please jump in the comments. Like, what was the inspiration behind <laughs> that? Like, I gotta know. My bad. Um, I would say, like, also because he... Because he, he was in that, that Roscoe Dash, mm-hmm. that uh, Walk of Flock of Air, too. And so many of them artists, no disrespect to them, they done kind of came and gone. Yeah, He yeah. still... Right. Turning out hits on almost every right. single hot hip hop album every right. year. Right. Yeah. I will say this though, Walker ended up um I'm gonna get I'm gonna get back to future just mm-hmm. quick side note. Walker ended up going into like the EDM music and all that yeah. and like the pop music. I heard he like, get money over there too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that was that. But anyways, um Future, like he was just shit, he he was a fly ass nigga. Like 
<laughs> I don't even know too much of what to say. I, I will say this. I think that um, he kind of like, with the dirty sprite thing, I think he built an aesthetic around himself. Mm-hmm. So I think, like, he started to... The things he indulged in, other people started indulging in it. Like, he... I think Future built a culture around himself. Mm-hmm. Like, when you think about Future, you think about Dirty Sprite. Mm-hmm. You think about strip clubs, strippers. Yep. You think about... Um, I love strip clubs. We know. Yeah. What, what's your favorite strip club? <laughs> now, you put me on the spot. <laughs> okay. But anyway, <laughs> he... Um, I like all of them. Wherever there's some ass at, huh? Yeah, as long as they just don't <laughs> got an incorrect C-section scar. A C-section that go like that. As long as they don't got st- girls up on the pole like that, yeah. Wherever, yeah, say it again, Sam. Wherever there's some ass, ah. Uh, wherever some ass. Yeah, I'm cool. And um, some, some, some decent wings. Some decent wings. Yeah, some I decent thought that's right. The strip club, oh, by the way, the strip clubs in Atlanta got the best Wings. By far. Really the best food. Yeah. But I ain't gonna push it too far. Some I forgot which one. You some of them strip clubs got full fledged chef. You going to get lobster. Yeah, yeah. Like Cheetos. Cheetos is actually like a yeah. strip club and restaurant. That shit far. Um but continue. Oops. Okay. <laughs> so um I also feel like future like he really got popping with in, in the in the strip clubs. Yeah. Like a lot of strippers liked him for real, for real. Yeah. So, um, and then it it was uh who was it? I, if I'm not mistaken, and somebody can correct me if I'm wrong, but Big J really helped Future out a lot as far as like getting his music out there. Mm-hmm. Um, so Big J is actually on the the Big Facts. Yeah, Big Facts. Shout out to Jay, yeah. Oh um, yeah, she a hustler. I salute her. She, um, Shout out to yeah. Big Facts, by the way. Big Facts is definitely one of the hugest inspirations as to why I decided to um, create I Got More to Say. So shout out, um, what is it, uh, Big Bank. Shout out Scream. Shout out Big J. Definitely shout out to all them over there. But continue, I'm sorry. Right. So um, I think he he just had a lot of support from the street aspect. As it's, it's, it's many rappers do, but you also have to take it back to the Dungeon family. That's who he started, you know? Like yeah, his, he was brought up the right way yeah, with Rico Wade. Rico yeah, Wade is his cousin. Rico Wade is his cousin. Yeah. So he deep-rooted history there. You feel yeah. what I'm saying? Future like, A had no choice but to be nice. <laughs> he didn't have no choice. But to be nice, yeah. <laughs> he didn't have no choice. Yeah. And then He I, had to change the game. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So even within that, like, um, he already kind of had that guidance and stuff on how to, like, put himself out there and stuff like that. Like, for example, I don't remember, I don't recall him, you know, during that time ever being in any type of, like, beef or drama. Like, to me, in my mm-hmm. opinion, he he was a fly-ass nigga that minded his business. Yeah. And made Even he, then, you don't really see future beef no, on anybody. Exactly. Yeah, at least not from a rapper standpoint. Exactly. You know, I've seen, you know, some of his exactly. girlfriends and baby mamas and stuff like that. But, yeah, you're right. Right. You don't I really, haven't, he's on everybody's album. <laughs> because I, you want to know why? Because mm-hmm. I have not met not one person that does not like Future. Yeah, I'm a fan myself. I, I done met that. plenty of people that don't like this artist and that artist. Yeah. Like, it's people that don't like the baby. It's people that mm-hmm. do like the baby. It's people that don't like Drake, French Montana. But yeah. some people that do. Like, I've never met nobody that says I don't like Future. Definitely. Huh? Unless they like a diehard Sierra fan and they just completely have annihilated him from their, yeah. you know, their reality, but. Other than that, no. I think he's just like, you know, in his own right, he created his own lane. Yeah. 
Yeah. And that's what that was. And a lot of people say, no, T-Pain did it. But As far as auto-tune, there's no denying T-Pain. Um, right. T-Pain definitely is the you know person who brought auto-tune to the forefront of music, and he's the pioneer behind that sound. And, you know, we definitely have to give T-Pain his credit. But, I mean... You know, and T-Pain has said, like, Future doesn't use auto-tune right, and I ain't really going to speak on that, but Future took that shit and ran with it. That's what shit. I will say. Yeah. 100 million albums sold later, you know what I'm saying? He ran a marathon. Yeah, he, he took that shit and ran with it. That's what I will say. So, um, as far as Future, you mentioned something, and, um, you know, you said that Future really, like, was like a club rapper, you know what I'm saying? Like, mm -hmm. that was really, like, his, in you feel like that was really his intention, and I have mm -hmm. to agree. And, um, you know, I just want to speak on this. Like, I feel like Future really took, um, you know, the juvenile route. So, you know, when I say that, you know, when 400 Degrees came out, neither one of us were alive, I don't think. Yeah, I don't think neither one of us were alive when 400 Degrees came out. But, you know, I always say, like, Juvenile, like, you know, he, to me, is one of the most inspirational of this era because, you know, everybody wants to have that club hit. And Juvenile, mm -hmm. when he dropped 400 Degrees, he had an album full of them. Yeah. So, you know, I feel like Future definitely, I ain't gonna say, like, you know, he bit off Juvenile, no, but I feel like he kind of followed that mold. You know what right. I'm saying? All right. Let's make hits. Let's go shoot videos. Let's get all these songs up in the club. And then, of course, you know, he was also versatile mm -hmm. with the way he did it because he had songs with The Weeknd and other people. But, yeah, I mean, speaking on that, though, as far as the club, um, how do you feel the club scene in Atlanta really changed the it's music crazy. industry? Okay, yeah. How do you, what do you feel <laughs> like crazy. really really attributes it to the music industry? Because, like, I'll give you a perfect example. Um, I'm not going to say no names. But um, I talk with... um somebody who does radio promotion at Def Jam. Okay, okay. And, um, you know, this person pretty much was just like, yo, like, you know, I got this song. So he was um, promoting this um, L.A. artist's song. Okay. Um, matter of fact, y'all can say this. He was promoting YG's, um, you know, song, um, I think, Toxic. All I that, where he kind of okay. took the Mary J. Blige on. So, um, yeah, they was just like, you know, oh, well, I took... Um, you know, I'm trying to um, promote this song. I'm trying to push this song. Like, this is a West Coast artist. He was like, first thing I want to do is get this song in the club in Atlanta. Mm. And I'm like, you know, YG got fans everywhere. Why well, ain't doing it in L.A.? Exactly. And L.A. <laughs> is, you know what I'm saying, the first, the biggest, really, the, the spot for music. So I just was like, mm. to a certain extent. So I just was like, it is, to a certain extent. It sells you a lot. Yeah, but I just like, wow, like, the first place he want to go is go put it out in the clubs in Atlanta. So, Sam, why do you think that is? <sighs> We just the best, man. Right like, so you gotta give a better answer to that. Come on, yo. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I feel like again, I, I, like I said, Future really blew up from the strip clubs. Like you got to think about it. A lot of um, clubs in Atlanta are strip clubs. Yep. We do have nightclubs as well, mm -hmm. but a lot of men don't want to go around to clubs staring at other men. They mm -hmm. would rather go to the strip club. And look at some women. Mm -hmm. And um, some some of the ladies, they get to pick what songs they want to dance to. They get to um, um, pick what they want in their rotation. Some of them, not all of them. Um, and I just think that I feel like Atlanta has a crazy DJ culture, too, that nobody really, like, talks about a lot. Yeah. It's a lot of politics that goes behind um, the DJs in Atlanta. Mm -hmm. So that's really what I think it is with the clubs because I did um I did like internship work. Yeah, um, with, um Tomp, um, um Scream, uh Spins, you know, um Esco. 
You're right about that DJ. Like, I just thought, I never really thought about that. The drama. DJ. Yeah, DJ drama. Yeah, the DJ situation in Atlanta series. You did internships? Yeah, so I did an um, internship mm. with, um, it's a it's a it's a coalition. It's a group. It's like a group or organization. It's called DJ Coalition. Mm-hmm. So DJ Coalition is basically like a a group that's that operates as an ecosystem for DJs mm-hmm. in Atlanta. So there have been a lot of people that actually moved to Atlanta just to join that coalition. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? So they kind of like have unionized themselves almost. So I feel like um, it goes back to connections relationships if you cool with this dj or you know a lot of people um will go into the club sometimes and try to pay djs to play their record Mm -hmm. um some would some wouldn't Mm -hmm. you know depending on what's going on that night but i know that um the reason why he probably wanted to promote that record in atlanta nightclubs first is because um a lot of people in atlanta are receptive to other music I'll say that too. Yeah, because it's really a melting pot. Music. Yeah, right. like so many people that's not from Georgia live in Georgia. Exactly. Yeah. And when you go to like, okay, so for example, when I moved to New York, you know, every party that I've been to, it, it's the the DJ mix up here is completely different from the DJ mix down style. Mm-hmm. Like, respectfully, I feel like New York got better DJs to a certain extent. Um, and we can agree to disagree. Okay. Um, I definitely get Monty's so, take on this one. So, um. So when I moved up here, like, DJs a lot of, of them, what? a lot of them play like you know the typical Caribbean music, mm-hmm. the typical drill music, and then it's like, um, you know, you like you don't really hear a lot of Atlanta music or Southern music period played up here unless it's Lil Baby. Mm-hmm. So my whole thing is this: why would why would that ready your um what the radio promotion? Yeah, promoter. Okay, mm-hmm. radio promoter. Why would he promote the song? Up here, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Why wouldn't he want to promote it up here? Because you brought up a excellent, you brought really a phenomenal point that I never thought about. Exactly. Atlanta is more receptive to outside music. Exactly. That's and, fair. And and this goes back mm-hmm. to and and honestly, I'm a real passionate about this topic because, oh, don't get me started. But even when Andre 3000 went on that stage and said the South got something to say, mm-hmm. that was a very staple moment in history because mm-hmm. even till today, Diddy. Okay, even back then, in like 2006, 2007, Diddy came to Atlanta um, with Bad Boys, and he signed Atlanta artists. Like, it was like, um, what was their name? What was their names? It's some boys in the hood sell anything for profit. Mm-mm, them boys That's got definitely mm, like Kilo Ali. Got, mm, what years with this? I think, I think it was them boys or them, mm, like 06, 07. Lil Wayne was on that track too. Yeah, I'm about to say, I'm about to say Crime Mob maybe, but Mm-mm, nah. It wasn't though. Crime Mob. Okay. It was something like them boys. But anyways, so even Diddy was coming from New York. Like, why are you not signing New York artists up here? Mm-hmm. He came to the South. So I feel like a lot of people up north don't appreciate music from down south. And a lot of people up here that I've ran into don't appreciate Southern culture at all. So again, why isn't that radio promoter coming up here to promote that toxic song by YG. Why is he going to Atlanta? Because we are receptive to people's culture. 
Uh, you got me on that one, Sam. I mean, I have to agree with you on that one. Like I said, Atlanta is this huge melting pot of, you know, a lot of different people from a lot of different places. So, you know, naturally, I feel like, you know, more things are going to be heard and more things are going to be accepted. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, a thousand. He not, yeah, he's not going to promote it in Mississippi. Yeah. People that live in Mississippi, they from Mississippi. <laughs> <laughs> you feel me? Like, <laughs> Yes, ma'am. Um, and, you know, one thing you spoke, you mentioned that I definitely want to talk about is just like um, you talked about, like, the North not really accepting the South. You know, I feel like, you know, one of the best, probably the second or third best-selling rapper is Jay-Z. I know Eminem, I think, is number one. Maybe Drake. I don't know, because Drake, his streams are crazy. But Jay-Z is one of the best-selling rappers ever. Mm-hmm. And, you know, um, I mentioned this before. Um, I've actually spoken to Jay-Z's brother. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, one thing he told me was, um, he was like, hey, he was like, um, one thing Jay-Z understood was that Excuse me. So when Jay-Z was featuring on everybody in the South's album, so he jumped on the high record. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, him and Scarface, I mean, what is it? Him and Scarface, I think, did a song. Yep. Um, you know, him and UGK. Mm-hmm. So one thing Jay-Z always understood was like, hey, you know, people ask him, like, you know, Jay, you from New York, you selling all these records. Because, you know, this was back when Jay was Mr. Double Platinum, quad, you know, Quinuple Platinum, you know, Volume 2 sold 5 million copies. Right, and then, right, right. you know, the Volume 3 sold, I think, another Miller too. This was Hove. This was Hove, like, in his <laughs> his commercial prime. And it's like, yo, Hove, like, people ask him, why are you collaborating with all these Southern artists? Like, what's going on? The biggest thing was, you know, number one, you know, Hove thought they was dope. You know what I'm saying? He was fans of their music. And then number two, he was like, yo, like, Jay-Z understood that these, these Southern people, they buy albums. <laughs> He's like, these niggas up in New York is bootlegging my shit. Mm-hmm. He was like, they buy albums down here, so... Um, that um, Rivera thing. Yeah, he was like, they buy albums down here, so he was like, man, I'm finna... Co- I already like this music. I rock with these artists. I'm finna come down here and put a couple what's the names because, you know, the South support mm-hmm. they own. So, yeah. that's just what I wanted to mention to you as far as you said, the North don't necessarily accept the South. I will definitely agree with that. I mean, you know, the East Coast especially, but especially New York, I mean, it's very much a close, tight-knit community up here, and not many things from the outside really come in besides, as you said, like the people who do break out, like the bags and the babies. Mm-hmm. You know, and when I said that I firstly feel like New York got, I ain't gonna say they got better DJs, I say they have more diverse. Mm-hmm. Because, like, when you go to a club in Atlanta, everything is trap, everything is, you know what I'm saying? Not That's everything. Because we got a huge African and Jamaican population down Maybe, here. excuse me, from what my experience. From my experiences, everything is trap, and it's just like, okay, I love this music. Mm-hmm. But it's like, man, like, I want to hear some vibes, and I know they play, you know what I'm saying, there's certain DJs. It's nice DJs in Atlanta who play, like, you know, Caribbean music, but, but I'm you like... you only going to hip-hop clubs. That is my problem, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Because, you know what I'm saying, I do like what I like. But, um... As as far as um, but th- that that's what made that's what prompted me to say that. But right. now, Sam, you made a great point as far as when you mentioned just about how you know Atlanta is just this huge melting pot and more things get accepted. I have to definitely have to agree with you on that. Like even my dad, my dad ain't never left Atlanta. Ever. I don't blame him. Yeah, my dad ain't never <laughs> left Atlanta. Um, and the one thing about like my pops, you know, he his favorite rapper Tupac. Tupac mm-hmm. from the West Coast. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? He's one of my faves, too. Yeah, me, too. Shit, I love Pac. I mean, you know, as I said before, the greatest hip-hop superstar of all time. That's a topic for another day, because we can go on and on about that. Right. But, you know, my dad never let him. You know, my dad's 50, so, you know, he... And my dad owned a record store, so he's just not somebody just with a nothing-ass music opinion. No. And, you know... He always supported, like, the Southern artists. But, you know, when dudes like, you know, Mob Deep and those guys came out from New York, he would listen. When Biggie came out, he would mm-hmm. listen. When, um... Yeah. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like when Pot came out, he would listen. So I like, I like to hear yeah. crack commandments. Me too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, bro. I have to give him we have to give biggest credit. I mean, my favorite song by Big is somebody's gotta yeah, die. My favorite female rapper is Lil' Kim. 
So yeah, Sam. Um, I want to touch on the Migos too, just because um, you know, we talked about Future, we talked about Gucci, we talked about Pee Wee, um, talked about Thug a little bit. Um, I definitely just wanted to make sure that we spoke about the Migos because I remember when the Migos came out and they came out with Versace, and um, the Migos came out with Versace, and then you know, Donna, it was everywhere. Then Drake hopped on the remix, and it was everywhere. And then I mean, Donatella Versace used their song, and you know, that year in the Versace. Um, like spring show or like you know fashion walk or whatever they did um and then of course you know the amigos went on and it was just hit after hit after hit after hit after hit you know with the mixtapes and then eventually you know they got the deal you know they've signed with gucci and then when gucci couldn't help him he sent him put him with p you know and they went with p and then you know culture one and two and then you know it was up through there um if you can, just really quickly, talk about just the Migos impact and what you remember from that era. Because when the Migos was really popping in Atlanta, I pretty much moved. Give, give me the years. Uh, for the Migos? Mm-hmm. Um, let's talk about their prime year. So let's go 2014 with Young Rich Nation to Culture 2 in 2018. So let's go with those four years. Okay. So, again, I think it was more so fashion than anything. Mm-hmm. Like, that was the biggest thing for us and the Migos. Like, it was like, oh, they got this on and that on. Like, they was, because True Religion was real popular. Yeah. So everybody, yes, yeah, so mm-hmm. everybody was wearing True Religion. Well, for us, it we didn't get it from Chief Keith. We got it from 2 Chains. Yep, 2, definitely, because so, he was on the, on the mixtape mm-hmm. cover with the, yeah, yeah, with the Louis Vuitton. Yeah, yeah, yeah. definitely 2. So we would go to, like, Underground Atlanta mm-hmm. and, like, get like true religion and stuff like that so as far as like fashion choices like that changed when the Migos came out because everybody wanted to wear Versace Mm -hmm. everybody wanted to wear like it was trendy fashion yeah like it in more high-end designers like you know like we had always liked nice stuff Mm -hmm. and 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 great designers but he they were like kind of like putting on for designers that we didn't really wear Mm -hmm. So Versace and um, who else would I say? Uh, just the ones that we didn't. Like, we was, like, real hev- heavy on Gucci. Mm-hmm. <laughs> real heavy on Louis Vuitton. Yeah. And then that was it. They were more like Versace, Prada. Dolce. Dolce Gabbana. Mm-hmm. Like, we wasn't really on that, but they were. So they kind of brought it to the forefront. And then I feel like with the Migos, what they did that a lot of fashion designers complained about later on was mm-hmm. like, they was like, oh, y'all bringing our value down. Mm-hmm. And it's just like... Yeah, the high-class high class fashion houses always tried to, you know, separate themselves hated from, it. from rap. Yeah, They hated it. Mm-hmm. So that's why when Versace did play their song, like, we appreciated that. You know what I'm saying? Because it, it wasn't like a... Oh, like I'm against it, or we don't want that. Like, so I think what the Migos did for not just Atlanta, but for the rap culture period, um, was a lot of it was like fashion based because, again, they didn't want us wearing their stuff. Mm-hmm. They didn't want it. It was kind of like Jay Z mentioned something about Chris style, mm-hmm. like about the owner or someone over there, like yeah, saying they, they didn't want, want yeah, pe- yeah, black people indulging in their fine wine. Exactly you know? because they used to have them in the music videos all the time, specifically up here in the north. Mm-hmm. They used to love Chris style. It yeah. was Chris style this, Chris style that, and then the person came out and said. Nigga, we don't want you drinking our shit. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And it was like, well, damn, all these black men and black women have put so, specifically rappers, have put so much money and have bought so many bottles of this company. 
already, like, they were already heavily invested before this person came out and said, like, I don't even like y'all. You feel what I'm saying? And I feel like a lot of, like, high-end designers and high-end owners of, like, um, multi-million dollar companies, I feel like a lot of them feel that way. So I feel like the Migos kind of, like, eased the tension a little bit, Mm -hmm. but they got the conversation going again because, once again, like, they, they didn't like that because they felt like it was tacky. Um, they felt like the way they put it together wasn't the way it, it wasn't runway material. But you gotta remember, there's no runway. Like mm-hmm. <laughs> there's no runway in the hood. <laughs> Not at all. There's no runway um, when you go in school. So it wasn't like people was putting the pieces together. Like we're just gonna go walk in New York Fashion Week. We was putting it together the way we wanted to put it together, mm-hmm. and people didn't like that. So. I would give them their credit for kind of like honing in on the fashion aspect. And once again, taking something and making it our own. They were very influential in that in that category. Uh, Sam, first off, um, thank you so much for that point because I never ever thought about it like that. Mm-hmm. I mean, you look back 2013 when they was doing that, now 2023, um, Pharrell is the creative director for Louis Vuitton. Mm-hmm. You know, Virgil was before, you know, Virgil wasn't really necessarily as involved in the music outside of like the creative, like, you know, doing like, um, you know, album covers and stuff. But now Pharrell is a full fledged rapper exactly. and producer, you know what I'm saying? R.I.P. to Virgil, by the way. But, um, you know, it's very interesting to hear you say that because you really just brought a full circle. Migos really does deserve their credit because you're right. As far as the conversation being open for rappers, being able to, like Gucci Man collaborating with the brand Gucci. Because exactly. they didn't want Gucci wearing his stuff. No. Um, you know, um... Who else? Um, as you said, Donatella playing the Migos song mm-hmm. at, um, you know, Versace, you know, like their spring, I forgot what it was, but one of their shows. Mm-hmm. Um, all these rappers that are going to Fashion Week, you know, mm-hmm. Pop Smoke, when he went to Fashion Week mm-hmm. with the off-white blue coat and, mm-hmm. um, you know, um, I think Offset walked in Fashion Week. Yep, he did. You're right. I ain't going to say Migos was the first, but, you know, I, they definitely did open up the doors as far as for that conversation to be had. And I appreciate you for making that point because I never thought about it like that. Um, I do want to talk about the music really fast. And, you know, so I, first off, rest in peace to take off because, um, like I said, I still in my feelings about, you know, just his his passing. Um, but the one thing I wanted to ask you, and I'm not trying to get involved between, you know, because that's family, between Offset and Quavo. But I just feel like I definitely want to make this point. I want to get your opinion. Now, the Migos got to give Takeoff and Quavo the credit. I mean, a whole lot of credit because when Offset was locked up for everything, you know what I'm saying, right. in and out of jail. Yeah. And them two was taking it and putting it on their back, and they was running with it. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, one thing I wanted to ask you, so I'm not taking nothing away from the Migos, you know what I'm saying, previous to Offset really kind of figuring out and not getting in so much trouble. But what was the impact when that you felt, or your personal opinion, when Offset came out? I mean, when Offset um, stopped going, getting locked up so much, and Offset eventually um, joined Amigos, and he was more of a consistent face, and he was um, more consistent as far as popping up on the music. What was him his impact to the Amigos? Because mm. I just throw this out there. I love all three of them. I loved right. all three of them together, but Offset was my personal favorite. Right. Okay. Or Offset is my personal favorite, Amigo. So what I'll say today is... Mm. There definitely was a difference because, first off, I feel like Offset's tone is different. Mm-hmm. His tone, the pitch of his voice is different as well. And I feel like he was more of a rapper than he was, like, um, like a, like the one that you put on the hook mm-hmm. or the one you put on the chorus. So I felt like he brought, like, the actual, like, 
rapping style back to the group. Oh, because with the triplets. Exactly. Yeah, to me, he's the best rapper yeah. of all of them. Yeah. Personally. Excuse me. I, 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 would, I would say the same. Yeah. I would say the same. I feel like Takeoff was the glue in between the two. Mm-hmm. And then I feel like as far as charisma and hooks and bridges, Quavo, Quavo. had that. Yeah. So I feel like they, they was kind of like, I ain't going to say the Powerpuff Girls, but mm-hmm. <laughs> everybody had like their own role. Like, yeah. So, and it all blended well great. Exactly. Yeah. And then you, you could tell the difference too because when Offset was locked up, it was a lot of just like dance mm-hmm. type of music. And then when he got out, it was more rapping involved. Like yeah. they were all doing verses. All of them stepped their bars up when Offset came yeah. home. Yeah, I will say that. Definitely. Well, definitely. Well, as I said before, rest in peace to take off. Um, my prayers is with his family and, you know, Quay, um, Quavo and uh, Offset. So definitely shout out to them. Um, you know, I know they said that the Migos, I think Quavo said it in his recent song that the Migos aren't a thing anymore. And it makes sense because they're missing an original member. So, right. you know, I'm just so thankful and so blessed that I got a chance to be able to witness and experience, you know, what they was doing. Because Bad and Bougie, Motorsport, yeah. Hannah Montana, Bando, yeah. um, Charles Barkley, Emma Smith. I mean, from the underground to the albums. Yep. I mean, they gave us uh, having our way with Drake. I mean, Amigos gave us hit after hit after hit. And, you know, they yeah. provided. They came up with the little dab dance. I remember that dance went crazy. Yeah, facts. <laughs> they, they, they was really, yeah, they, Amigos was doing the damn thing. Got to mm-hmm. give them their credit. Then that was like, um, what was his name? Michi. Mm-hmm. Michi had, he was like dancing and stuff with, mm-hmm. um, he ended up opening up and dancing for like Ray Shremmer and mm-hmm. stuff like that. So the dancing came back also when um, Offset got out. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I never thought about it like that. Um, damn, I never realized Migos impacted, you know, Atlanta's dancing like that mm-hmm. either. Like, they was doing all them hit them folks. <laughs> I can't. Uh, I'm a little rusty. I can't dance I, no I can tell. But, yeah, that, but, that was stiff as hell. You, I ain't even, because yeah. I didn't try. I wasn't trying. I wasn't yeah, trying. Yeah, you were like Frankenstein when you I, tried that shit. I want to try. I want to see you try. I want to see you oh, try. Oh, nah, I don't, I don't. You know what? That's the thing with me. I don't do things that I know I can't do. <laughs> and I damn sure don't try them in front of cameras. But anyway, Sam, um, just because we should, well, um, what is it? Um, we got to wrap this up. Mm-hmm. Um. Tell me about when you moved to Texas and about your time there, briefly, if you don't mind. Okay. So you you want to know something that's, oof, gosh, my life is really movie. <sighs> I didn't move places and then moved back to this place and then moved back to that place. So when I moved back to Texas, um, first off, the influence never left because my godmom is from Texas, mm-hmm. and she's half Mexican and half black. So um, even within that, I had, like, a little, like, when I was in Texas, I had, like, a lot of, like, Mexican influence, too. What part of so, uh, Texas did she stay in? Because Texas is massive. Right. Um, so she stayed in San Antonio, and then she stayed in... Oh, it's a military town. Um, Way down south. Yeah, and then I believe, like, Houston a little bit. Houston is the biggest American city mm-hmm. by landmass. Okay, I bet. And then all my family from... Well, not all of them, but majority of them um, from Michigan, they moved to Dallas, they're okay. currently in Dallas. So you pretty much in all the cities except Austin. Like your Right. Family. My mom's in Austin though. Wow. Yeah. Okay. She works at a, a a software tech company out there. Like she moved from Atlanta for that job. So now she's out there. Okay. Um but the influence, uh, it's a lot of like football pride. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's a lot of like Cause you went to what high school? Tacos. Oof. Oh, I hope they don't watch this. I went to like three 
high school. So I went to Lake Travis High School first when I first moved there. Okay. I moved from there, and I went to Dripping Springs High School. Okay. Then I moved from there, and I went to James Bowie High School. Okay. James Bowie High School is the high school that I graduated from. And I didn't even walk across the stage. I, I freaking hated it. I didn't even walk across the stage. Like, I just got my diploma and left. <laughs> I left uh, and went back to Atlanta. Like, I, I didn't like Austin. I liked Texas, but I didn't like Austin. Okay. I wasn't a big fan. So you went to high school, all, and all three high schools were in Austin? Mm-hmm. All three was in Austin. Why? Well, I'm going to say is I had never heard of none of these high schools. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um. Damn, because a lot of what I had to ask you about Texas was mostly about Houston, but, I mean, you obviously said that you have family there. So, well, we um, traveled there, no, like, I, weekends and mm-hmm. stuff like that. And like you only lived, now and then. How long did you live in Texas for? And my family's there, too. Oh, wow. Um, From, it had to be, like, from 2016. It had to be from 2016 to, like, 2017 because, or you 2015 to, to 2017. You went to three high schools in a year and a half? Yes. Damn. Wow. Yeah. Um. Wow, sorry, I've, that's crazy. I went to four elementary schools and four middle schools. No, four elementary schools, three middle schools, and four high schools. Wow. Um, mm-hmm. The three in Texas, and then I went to one in Atlanta. Okay. Right. A lot of moving. Right. You got you to gotta talk to my mom one day and ask her. <laughs> you got to ask her about why why we move so much. Life happens. I did a little bit of moving, but not quite to that level. All right. Um... As far as Texas, what I always wanted to ask is, um, because, you know, one of the ways that we bonded is because we both love a lot of the artists from Texas, mm-hmm. um, from the Scarfaces mm-hmm. to the UGKs to the Zeros to the Lil' Kikis to the Paul Walls. Um, me and you enjoy a lot of Texas hip-hop. Right. Um, so I have a couple questions. I had to make sure I came prepared with this one because, you know, I don't really have a chance to really talk to somebody who really lived there and grew up. Mm-hmm. Um, where a couple things... What is it? So, actually, I'm going to ask you the first question. This is a little bit of a long-winded question. Okay. So, um, Texas, much like the rest of the South, has um, unique marketing practices. Right. So, an example would be Mike Jones putting his actual phone number um, in his songs and on T-shirts and selling mm, them at shows. Okay. Um, the Ghetto Boys using a picture of Bushwick Bill after he was shot on one of the um, on one of their album covers, uh, mm. We Can't Be Stopped, in I think, 1991. Mm-hmm. Um what is it? Um, with your time there, where does this creativity and marketing come from? And what are some of the other unique ways um, to market and advertise you have seen come from the state? Because I know advertising mm-hmm. and marketing is like your your, your, your bread and your butter. You have a lot of experience. Right. Y'all can repeat these questions if you need me to. Okay. No, I remember. I remember. Um, so the first one that kind of stood out to me was the one with Mike Jones. He was talking about his phone number. Yeah. Um. Eight zero zero four. Hit Mike Jones up on the low because Mike Jones are about to blow. Mike Jones is and you can say he is. He still mm-hmm. is. I don't, and he yeah. um. Well, I, I don't know yeah, I've heard his music. I mean, but, hey, if he's still making it, I bet my bet money he's he's still fire. I used to love Mike Jones. But continue. But um, even with that, like yeah, that was influential because we um Soldier Boy when he did that. So even with that, like that became kind of popular too like the whole phone number thing mm-hmm. um i think with texas a lot of a lot of people in texas period are just very loyal mm-hmm. people like loyal to their football team mm-hmm. loyal to shoot they were loyal to the high school loyal to whatever it is but they're loyal to texas like i don't think anybody else in in america maybe they may they might can go New York can probably go neck to neck with them. But I, in my opinion, I feel like people that are from Texas, like, they have the most patriotic 
residents there. Like, mm. they're very much loyal. So, um, yeah, I could agree. So I think, like, one of the biggest market advertising things that kind of stood out to me being there was South by Southwest. Mm-hmm. So every year, well, for those two, three years or two and a half years, um, me and my brother would go to South by Southwest. So we're, like, one year apart. So we would just go in anywhere and everywhere together. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember, like, one year the baby was out there. And the baby was out there before he was the baby. Mm-hmm. And he had on this big old white diaper. Yeah, I remember that. And he was walking around on 6th Street mm-hmm. with this white diaper on. Like, he was an actual, like, child, like an actual baby. Mm-hmm. So I think, like, a lot of um, marketing advertising in Texas is, like, guerrilla marketing. Like, they're aggressive with their marketing. It's not, like, a TV commercial or it's a, a poster that you put up on the wall. Like, that's not the type of advertising they do. They do more, like in-your-face type of things. Yeah, like even the album covers, um, Pen and Pixel. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you're familiar, but um, they did a lot of the album covers from, like, Cash Money. They did a lot of the album covers from Uh, Rap a lot. He still do. He did um, 21. 21's album cover. Actually, 21 brought him out of retirement, so Mm -hmm. I'm sure that it was a pretty fat check that went along with that. But yeah, Pen and Pixel, I mean, their album covers have been described as very obnoxious. You know, a lot of cars, a lot Mm -hmm. of, you know, jewelry, a lot of bling, bears, all types of shit. They're like over-exaggerating. Yeah, so to hear you say a lot of guerrilla marketing, please continue. I didn't mean to cut you off, but I just wanted to give some... No, that was a very good point because I wasn't even going to bring them up even though I should have brought them up. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, so, yeah, it's a, it's a lot of guerrilla marketing as far as, like, something that you can, like, touch physically or something memorable. I think that a lot of Texans, like, they try to make stuff memorable. Mm-hmm. Um, I know, like, the, even the, the fashion out there is, you know, it's, it's cowboy boots out there and it's cowboy hats out there. Mm-hmm. So but, it's a lot of designer. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. Um, it's, it's a lot of jewelry, too. Um, Johnny, shout out Johnny. Yeah. And um, and Iceman Nick. Mm-hmm. Johnny and Iceman Nick, actually. I mean, they two are the go-to jewelers for, you know, celebrities and entertainers and sports players. So, yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. So, um, I think with marketing, I, I feel like it kind of goes back, well, it's going to go back to the culture. Mm-hmm. So, let me back up a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not sure if you know what swingers are. Hell yeah, 80 okay, foes, okay, okay. 83s and 80 foes, the Krager uh, Texas, yeah, the, the Krager rims, <laughs> the Texan wire okay. wheels. Don't you? <laughs> <laughs> but I'm I'm talking about something specific though. Come on, Sam, don't do that. But I'm not talking I'm about not the actual. New to this. I'm true to this, Sam. Do we, I know with swangers? We, no, we know. You obviously didn't. <laughs> no, because I'm I'm trying to elaborate on it. So okay, okay yeah. so they would have like um mm, but when I yeah, say pokers. it when I say it, I I'm not referring to the actual like rims on the car. I'm i I'm referring to the actual events. So like the car shows and stuff like oh, that. Oh, when they drive side to yeah. side swinging. Yeah. So like okay, yeah. um mm. they would have like events like that. Like so even that, like it's 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 over the top. Like what are you doing? Why are you <laughs> why are you doing that? Like mm. you can so, um, so even with that, like it's 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 kind of out there. Yeah. Like the the swinging culture is out there. I mean, the, um, just because you brought up slabs, candy paint. Like, yeah, I was gonna say let's talk about slabs real quick. Um, I mean, slow, loud, and banger. Mm-hmm. So you know, you're right. And like, just in case you don't know what a slab is, as I said, it's an acronym for slow, loud, and banger. Um, I'm not from Texas, but based off of from a video I seen, shout out to Paul Wall. Paul Wall pretty much said that you know, a swanger. Or excuse me, a swanger slash a slab pretty much um, 
Cadillac. You've seen Buicks become slabs. You've seen Nissans become slabs. Infinities, you've seen a couple different ones. But generally, it's a Cadillac. Sunroof slash convertible. Um, you know, you put the Texan wire wheels on it. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Um, candy paint. Beyonce did the um, El Camino. Yeah, I've seen those become... People consider those slabs. Like I said, it's really all kind of what you personally believe and what, it, you know what I'm saying, if you believe your car is a slab or not. But technically, generally, it's a Cadillac. So, um, it's a before Texan wire wheels, Vogue tires, or the mustard and mayonnaise, you know, the white wall with the yellow trim. Um, sunroof, a convertible, generally. Um, you know, your trunk got to be done. You got to have a crazy speaker system. That's essentially <laughs> that's essentially what a slab is, just for, um, you know... Heavy on the crazy speaker system. Yeah, crazy speaker system. I'm talking about $15,000 speaker system, sometimes maybe even more. So that's what a slab is. And um, yes, I just want to make sure the listeners understood that. Can you talk about that as far as like the car culture down in Texas? Because I feel like that's another marketing tool that they use with all those, you know, real brightly colored cars. Right. So even with um, just kind of to paint a picture for people, like if you've ever seen the No Angel video by Beyonce, she's kind of like she has these long lemonade blind braids and she's like, um, she's in the El Camino. Somebody else is driving. They're like doing donuts, and she, you know, her braids just flowing in the air. Mm-hmm. Like even during that video, she had Bun B in the video. A lot of like um, Houston artists in the video, and other Texas artists in that video. So even within that, it's kind of like when they showed the um, the slabs with the trunk opens and stuff like that. Some of them even had like neon words yep. in them. Like mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying. So there's all different kinds of marketing, like advertising that could have came you know, out of, like, different situations like that. So even if somebody pulls up to, uh, let's say they, uh, I don't know, let's say they tailgating or something, and they trying to promote something, like, they could bring a slab and then promote it that way with the neon lights and stuff like that because mm-hmm. I just feel like Texas has always been over the top when it came to when it comes to their culture. Yeah. Um, I, and, definitely. Yeah. People probably, definitely millions of people probably feel that way. Right, even with the grills, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, all there is diamonds, no they got right, r- yeah, colored diamonds, yeah. There's no like just regular white teeth. Like no, everybody in Texas got to have a grill, mm-hmm. you know. And it's not even like secluded. It's like white people have grills down there. Paul Wall's white. Uh, I think people forget that. <laughs> yeah, they do forget that. They mm-hmm. some people think that, he, that he's actually like Mexican. I, I really forget <laughs> Paul Wall's a white person because it's such yeah. a huge Mexican population mm-hmm. in Texas because they're right there by Mexico. But anyways, yeah. Um, but yeah, like everything's always and that's been over being the his top. authentic self. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so everything's always been kind of like over the top. And that over the top has been like natural marketing, in mm. my opinion. So um like even with ASAP Rocky, you know, like I feel like a lot of his style was Houston influenced. He said that influenced um, by Houston, hearing it in my music. Trail yeah. nigga to the truest, show you how to do this. Right, yeah. right. That was off of um, um the intro of um Long Live ASAP or his first mixtape because three of his albums have very similar titles but please mm-hmm. continue right mm-hmm. so um, and then Drake Drake loves Houston that's yeah. not a secret not at all um, then you got uh, you know Travis Scott is you know from, from there. there Beyonce um, Beyonce's Meg, from there yeah. Megan Thee Stallion and mm-hmm. you see the type of personalities they have like Megan is very she has a very um, in my opinion a rambunctious type of very loquacious you know, like yeah hilarious too <laughs> look at us in these vocabulary words yeah. very exuberant yeah it's mm-hmm. like it's Sauce Walker like, yeah Sauce he, Walker he's he, another one out there he wear yeah. borets and stuff in his hair he, he wears what? borets he wear borets what? You know what a Borat is? Borat's? That's what I'm saying. Uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm tripping. I knew what she meant. But... I, I had no clue. Say that again? 
He wear borets in his hair. Continue. Okay, so yeah, he wear borets in his hair. He wear scrunchies and all that type of stuff. So mm-hmm. even him, like he, you know, he remind me of that character from Don't Be a Menace, Menace. in the Hood while j- yeah. drinking juice, da 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 da. Um, the Marlon Wayans character. Oh, yeah. So like even then, like they just have their own type of like natural marketing, mm-hmm. and most of the time, like it's not some made up facade. Like that's really who they, who they are. are. Yeah, <laughs> very unique people. Yeah, unique mm-hmm. people. So um. Yeah, so marketing, advertising, and sex is kind of like very much guerrilla marketing. Okay, gotcha. And um, with you and your marketing um expertise and your, you know what I'm saying, you have experience being a marketer, a publicist, an advertiser. Um, what do you feel overall is like makes it the most effective just because it's so true to them? What makes it the most effective? Yeah, well, excuse me, what makes it so effective? So effective. Yeah. Like, based off of, like, does it necessarily line up with a traditional or what people would call good marketing practices or good advertising practices as you are a mas- you have a master's level of understanding of? Sorry, mm-hmm. I don't know if that was a that was clear. Well, kind of give me give me like some examples of what you feel like is um, just like an example. Example of? Of like a, a person or a place or a company or a brand that has done. Um, some type of marketing in Texas that you feel like stood out? I mean, like I said, it's the rappers to me. The rappers. Yeah, I mean, um, as I said before, I'm, I mean, I'm... I gave examples. I mean, Mike Jones with the um, 330. Okay, yeah, okay, okay, 8004. Okay. Um, or like I said, even the Ghetto Boys. This is back in 1991 when mm-hmm. a lot of these artists was, you know, teenagers or maybe even like, you know, nine, eight years old. Mm-hmm. I mean, Bushwick Bill on the cover of their album with a gunshot wound to the face being rushed through the hospital. Like, you know, like from an academic standpoint, I guess is what I'm asking you. Yeah. Like how is that? Why is that marketing so effective? Why is it so so effective? Because (laughs) it's something that you wouldn't do. (laughs) Like (laughs) (laughs) That's fair. That's really fair. Why would you put Boris in your head? Why would you have a man shot? On your album oh, yeah, cover. album cover, yeah. So it's like expected and expected. <laughs> okay, that's fair. It's like, it's like, why they, I feel like they challenged themselves, like, hey, what can we do that we should not do? And they do it. <laughs> <laughs> and they do it. They do it. Yeah, and it's just them being themselves. Right. So Texas people are just truly unique, and their marketing practices reflect just what is a truly unique culture. Yes, and everything is okay. bigger in Texas, and a lot of people in Texas, um, they 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 like to fight about their opinion. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, I think the, the is it the governor Ted Cruz is a even the politics is a perfect representation of that. Right. Yeah. Like no disrespect to Ted Cruz, I never met him, but you know, a, I'm not a political an actual, person. But there's an actual yeah. phrase in Texas, and it's known. It's a known phrase. It's called "Don't mess with Texas." Like mm-hmm. they are just they do whatever they want to do. Yeah, them in Florida, They're open open carry yeah. like. <laughs> They don't give a damn. They don't care. Yeah. So, I don't know. If it gets the people talking, I mean, it's good for them. Facts. Yeah. Nah. Definitely. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Um, I'm sorry. That was hilarious. Um, next thing up, Sam, is um, another question. Texas is a state where you rarely, if ever, see a big artist go broke. Um, I always attribute this because most of them already come into the game with money because mm-hmm. um, they do such a good job of selling their records independently. I mean, I once heard DJ Screw sold an album, sold like... I remember the exact number, but I think it was somewhere in the hundreds of thousands of tapes in a night. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, um, 
Lil Flip sold a hundred thousand independently of his Leprechaun mixtape. I think Slim Thug sold a bunch of independent, you know, um, you know, well high number of independent albums. So with that, you really see any of them go broke. Um, like I said, Paul Well sells, but outside of that, because they come in the game with money, Paul Well sells grills, Little Flip sells beverages, Chameleonaire is an avid investor into startups and right. other things. Um, how does the city's um, how does the shape like, excuse me, what shapes the city's hustler's mindset? Because as I said before, we've seen so many artists from all different types of places, all different states, you know what I'm saying, get on and go broke. Or I didn't even say go broke, but just be doing stuff you wouldn't expect rappers to be doing. You know what I'm saying? Like driving right. Ubers and, you know, things of that nature. Mm-hmm. So um, how do you feel, like, what shapes the city's hustler's mentality overall? Mm-hmm. Just with your experience. I understand you were in Austin. Most of right. what I'm talking about is Houston, but... Mm. I would say the the um what would you call it the self the self starting mindset. I think a lot a lot of people in Texas in general um they like entrepreneurship. Mm-hmm. They like startups. They like to create their own stuff. Mm-hmm. Um I mean yeah, South by Southwest is held there each year. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. it's kind of like, I think it's more so of a mentality of some of them, they don't want to work for nobody else. <laughs> they would rather do it on their own. Like there's a, there was like a wave of like food trucks mm-hmm. that went through Texas. And now there's a huge like food truck culture there. Mm-hmm. It's like if you ever go to Texas and you want to open something up, like you should probably open up a food truck. Yeah. They have food truck festivals. Um, but I would just say, like, the self-starter mindset. Like, just wanting to start something themselves rather than going to go work for somebody else. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also, I think it's the... Um, I, w- I would say it's the, the education system, too. Mm-hmm. I feel like Texas has a, a great education system mm-hmm. where they actually teach people earlier on to be self-starters. Mm-hmm. So I think that plays a huge role into it because they don't wait until, like, later on, like, in college or something to teach you that. Like, they'll teach you that in high school as far as, like, the courses and the classes that they offer. You know, um, okay, so, like, for example, when I moved from Atlanta to Texas, I was far behind academically. I was smart. But I was far behind academically. And had I not been as smart as I already was, I probably wouldn't wouldn't have passed high school because they were so far more advanced. Mm-hmm. They were teaching them about, um, I took a class called aquatic science. Mm. Like, I know about <laughs> animals in the ocean and stuff like that. They, I never had that as an option when I went to school in um, Clayco. So I think just like the different variations of what they focus on is completely different. Mm-hmm. So when it comes to having that hustler mindset, I feel like that starts like just like early on, like focus like the school system in the state yeah, pressed them for that. Yeah, mm-hmm. like just focusing on what you want to focus on. Yeah, and I could believe that because you look at the rap labels there, Swisher House and um, you know, um, Rap a Lot. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know. Uh, Jay Prince, a lot of people don't know this, was the owner of a car dealership. 
Right. See? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And he pretty <laughs> much gave it. He, he gave the ghetto boy. And, you know, Jay Prince uh, preaches that. You know what I'm saying? Like, um, he had an Instagram post some years ago. It was like, people always tell me the most valuable thing that you can buy with some money. Go get you. And then he showed, like, a picture of his house and what all, all his land that sits what on it. He said, go buy you some land. I told you. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So, like, you know, but he was already owner of a mm-hmm. car dealership. Right. You know, and I don't know how old Jay Prince is, but he was a pretty young owner of a car dealership. Because exactly. he can't be no older than 60. Because they so started him young. Yeah, so if this was, he probably was pushing probably about like, you know, like his early 30s and mm-hmm. the owner of a car dealership. But mm-hmm. yeah, um, real quick, um, Sam, because I always have to ask about this artist because, um, you know, this is one that, me, this is an artist me and you both love. Uh, Pimp C. Um, he has a deity <laughs> level of respect throughout the South. Do you feel that Southern rap would be different if he was still alive? If so, how would it be changed? Because you talk about a opinion. <laughs> you talk about it. And, you know, just real quick, Sam, just because, like I said, some of the listeners might not necessarily understand the importance of Pimp C. Okay. In the South, I hate using these words because I don't like being blasphemous, but this is the only way I could describe it. Pimp C is a god. Yeah. He is a, 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 he is. a an icon. He is a staple. I mean... <laughs> like, you know... um, not only could he outrap pretty much almost every single person in Texas, not only did he embrace all the young guys in Texas, I mean, spoke his mind, could sing like a bird. I don't think people give Pimp his credit for the way he could sing. But, like, you know, from what I've heard from, um, you know, Texas artists that came up underneath Pimp C, it was just like, Man, you know, like, Pimp was just, he always embraced me. He always loved me. But it was like, you know, we never, ever really heard anybody get on these songs and just talk mm-hmm. that shit. And, you know what I'm saying? Just with so much countryness the way he did. Mm-hmm. So, um, you don't know who Pimp C overall, just so I don't drag this along too much, go look him up. Um, definitely. You know, you're not familiar with a Pimp C album or a UGK album. You know, you need to go do yourself a favor. But um, how would it be different? How would it be different? Yeah, like, do you feel like Southern hip-hop, or especially Texas, because, you know, Texas has their big artists. You know, Beyonce's not a rapper, but she's a big artist from Texas. Mm-hmm. Meg Thee Stallion is a big rapper. Yeah. Tra- uh-huh. Travis Scott is who he is. Right. But, like, you know, do you feel like there would be more structure in the South? Because I felt like once Pimp C passed away in 2007, you know, you didn't really have mm-hmm. that artist in Texas. I mean, you know, if, excuse me, I'm going to say that. I'm not going to downplay Bun B. I'm not going to downplay any of those, you know, any of the other OGs, the Scarfaces, but it was like Texas just didn't really have that face, mm. you know? Yeah. Because, you know, a, a lot of the guys in Texas who, the, the Zeros, the, well, I don't know if Zero ever signed a major deal, but the Slim Thugs, the Paul Walls, the Chameleonaires, mm. you know, 2008, 2009, 2010, they was kind of going on about their business, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, they they was, was either, they, they either was, was past their peak mm-hmm. of this music shit or, you know what I'm saying, they was, the, yeah, they, they was, in, mm-hmm. they went back to being independent. Yeah, the last one yeah. to come out really, for real, for real, before Meg was Kirko Bangs. So, wow. Kirk Bangs, mm-hmm. like, when he came out, he was, like, there for a minute. Uh, you got to give Trav some credit, gone. though. Okay, well, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm Outside of included, Trav. Yeah, yeah, I'm not including yeah, Travis right. in yeah. this conversation. Trav's a different dude. Yeah, yeah he, mm-hmm. he way over yonder, like. <laughs> yonder. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, as far as, like, after that, 2008, 2009, 2010, 2011, 2012, whatever, whatever. Um, then he had Kirk Bangs, and then he had like two hits, and then he just disappeared. So I don't know if it's. I I feel like it's because the 
the main genre of music changed. Mm -hmm. Like, nobody was really looking for chopped and screwed music. Mm -hmm. Um, So even with Pimp C still being here today, do I think anything would change that much? It's kind of like asking if Aaliyah was here, what would change? will be different. You know what I'm saying? And I, in all honesty, I feel like, well, there's other people that's still here and what's going on now is still going on. Mm-hmm. So I feel like Pimp C probably would have been more influential and would have had more of a, um, um, a, a say-so as far as when it comes to what's, what's going on in the rap culture that's not like, that's not liked by a lot of people. Let me say, like, because uh, I'm trying to word it without, like, offending any communities. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, okay, so, for example, we can use Boosie as an example. So, Boosie, when he does his interviews with um, Vlad and whoever else, like, he's very open and expressive about how he feels about a lot of things that's going on in the hip-hop community. Yeah. And, um... And I salute Boosie for his honesty. Oh. Uh, I might not necessarily agree with him all the time, but, yeah, I salute any man who can stand up and be as honest as he is. Right, so, yeah. even with that, I, mm. I would kind of say, like, I don't know if Pimp C could have been here today and mm. and be doing these interviews because he going to say what he want to say. Yeah. And Boosie and, actually was up underneath Pimp C. He said Pimp C was one of the first people to show him love. But right. continue, I'm sorry. He definitely was. He's, Boosie, there was a story like Boosie brought, brought in a, a female and was like, oh, how she looked. And Pimp was looking at him like, she all right. She need to get her toes done. <laughs> Like, she was bad. Like, she was a bad bee. Mm-hmm. But he was like, he looked at her toes and was like, <laughs> she need her toes done. Yeah, he was country as hell. Shout out to Pimp C. So, yeah. um, but anyways, mm-hmm. to um, to kind of like get to the point, what I'm saying Be is. the king I don't, of social media. I don't think mm-hmm. that um, Pimp C would have been received the way that he should be received. Yep. Like the way that he he's received in his era, mm-hmm. and um, and even as of now with him being passed on, if he was still alive, I think that some way somehow somebody would have tried to find a way to tarnish his legacy because of his viewpoints on certain things. So I don't want to like say that it would have made an impact or a change if he was still here, mm-hmm. but I think he definitely would have been like you know co-signing Boosie yeah. on his viewpoints almost. Yeah, I definitely, I I get where you're coming from. And, you know, that's a very respectable and very mature way to look at it. Um, I just feel like personally, Pimp C, I feel like a lot more of the the Southern rappers will break out more out of Texas. Excuse me, the Texas rappers will break out more out of Texas, I feel. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I'm not mad at the dudes in Texas because, you know, there are dudes in Texas right now who we may have never heard of, but who are superstars in the state. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the beautiful thing about Texas that a lot of people don't really seem to understand is that, Mm -hmm. you know... Texas is unique because you, as a rapper, if you are hot in Texas, you could kind of tour in Texas. You got four major cities in in Texas. Now, number one, for those people who don't know, Texas is the size of three states. It has the biggest U.S. city as far as land mass. Um, And then all the surrounding cities. It has so many mid-major surrounding cities. Mm -hmm. Galveston, Corpus Christi, um, what what are some other ones? Laredo. Yeah, El Paso, Waco. El Paso, Waco. Um, You got all these other, like, you know, surrounding cities in Texas. 
all them colleges that's down there, all them clubs, all them bars. I mean, as long as you don't have like a, you know, like 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 a radius clause in your contract, and a radius clause pretty much is where you can't do a show within like a hundred or two hundred miles. Sometimes, as long as you had it in your contract. You can really kind of, as an artist, can make a living in Texas. Mm-hmm. I mean, of course, you're going to have to put your hustle mm-hmm. game, right? You're going to have to sell some merch and, you know, you got to make sure that you're doing your shows and that, you know, your marketing is correct. But then, and then you know, that's the beautiful thing. If you hot in Texas, you'll pretty much get hot Louisiana, mm-hmm. Mississippi, Alabama, and, you know, Tennessee, who have very underrated hip-hop scenes. You know what I'm saying? You definitely mm-hmm. get some fans out there. Um and then, you know, if you get pushed to Atlanta, you could take off from there. But mm-hmm. that's the beautiful thing about Texas, but the South just in general. That, you know, just being in the South, you pretty much got a world of, you know, hip hop to really, you know, market yourself to. And people, you know, like I said, in the South, they buy albums. And as you say, if things are better received. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. But um, anyway, Sam, um, that's all the time we got for today. But Sam, is there anything that you want to say to the camera? Any social medias, you know, <laughs> any opinions, anything that you like to, any shameless self-promotion? <laughs> Thanks. Any words of wisdom? Um, I will say that I appreciate this podcast. I will say that I appreciate this podcast because um, I just feel like these conversations need to be had more, mm-hmm. especially within our generation. Um, and I definitely feel like it it, it helps the um, it helps people up north kind of like have a more open mind to like what's really going on yeah. because I feel like music is not just music music is like it's 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 culture mm-hmm. you see what I'm saying so it's not just like oh you turn on the radio and you turn it off like no it's something that everybody pretty much listens to and people tell their stories through their songs so you can kind of get a picture of like what's going on in this city what's going on in DC what's going on in Cali and I just think that when you bring it all together, I think it's an amazing thing. Honestly. Nah, definitely. Um, I definitely agree. Um, first, can learn something from each other. Definitely. First off, Sam, I really appreciate that compliment. Um, and I really thank you for those kind words. Um, you know, when I first started this, I'll just speak on this really fast. When I first started this platform, I just got so sick and tired of seeing people my age not know about what came before them. Oh my goodness. This is, um, like that was really my thing. Like I respect, you know, I respect that music is a very much a now thing. And I respect mm-hmm. that it's always been catered. Some people say 16 to 24. I say 14 to 24 because mm-hmm. I have very vivid memories of my freshman. I mean, for me, it was 12 to 24, but I'm mm-hmm. just a, respectfully, I'm just a whole different beast when it comes to this shit. But um, I always understand that it's been marketed between the ages of 16 to 24 as a targeted demographic. You know, at the end of the day, it's about popularity and it's about what's now. The music industry, it ain't what you about you did yesterday, it ain't about what you did last year, it ain't what you about you did two years ago, it's about what you did today. But there are just so many people who are just so influential and so many people who, you know, are just so, you know, important to this culture of rap. And, you know, this rap culture has really, rap culture is really the, 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 the catalyst for why black culture, I feel like, is so accepted into society today. So I just hated just to see all these people who came before us just not get the credit and the respect they deserved. Mm. I hate hearing, you know what I'm saying, all the chopped and screwed and slowed down music and nobody knows who DJ Screw is. He's somebody who I want to talk about, but um, that might have to be another episode. Um, I hate it when Migos come out with facts. I hate it when Migos (laughs) came out with, you know... When Migos came with the triplet flow and everybody said, oh, this is a Migo flow, but written in all... When in actuality, it's really Lord Infamous. You know, um, 
I couldn't stand, you know, people not knowing who Project Pat was when artists such as Cardi B, J. Cole, Drake, um, who, who else? Um, Cardi B, J. Cole, Drake, ASAP Rocky have all sampled this man or used his influence or, inter, um, what is it, what's the word, interpooled his lyrics into their own music. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I, I couldn't, I, mm. I, it just personally didn't fit, sit and feel right with me. And now, you know, I had an opinion and everybody can have an opinion if they have, you know, wonderful people around them, such as my lovely cinematographer, Imani, and, you know, guests such as yourself, friends such as yourself. So that's the biggest reason why I started this platform. Uh, There needed to be a hip hop opinion from somebody who could have conversations with 30, 40 and 50 year olds and also be able to drop game to the 16 year olds. And I feel like I'm that person. I know I'm that person. Right. For lack of better words, I am that nigga. (laughs) And it's good because it's just like, like you said, like our generation specifically and then the one behind us, like they don't listen to none of like the old rap. Yeah. Uh, So it's kind of like, dang, like it's kind of getting faded away and like pushed out and watered out. Like it's, it's almost like it's fading. Mm -hmm. So to keep it alive, like I think that, first of all, I, I feel like a lot of old hip hop music creates character. I agree. So when you growing up and there's and this is nothing against Playboy Cardi, this is nothing against Uzi, this is nothing against I love all those artists. Famous Dex, this is no. nothing against them. Uh, maybe not famous Dex. It's nothing against Rich the Kid, like mm-hmm. none none of them. But when you growing up in the era when it's only those artists mm-hmm. and your mama is not playing Tupac for you, or mm-hmm. your cousin not coming over and showing you who Lil Wayne is, it's just kind of like you're getting one like a, a one dimensional type of world. When I can go from Jay-Z to Lil' Kim, then I can go from Lil' Kim and, and, and go to KRS-One. I can go to KRS-One mm. and take it to Florida and go listen to some trainer. Like, and a lot of people can't do that nowadays. No. So, mm. it's needed. Definitely. Well, I appreciate it, Sam. Um, like I said, definitely appreciate having people like you who can come spark some of these good conversations because you dropped a lot of wisdom because as far as the designer clothing and the Migos situation, I never ever thought about it like that. But Sam, listen, real quick, any other last minute um, or any other game or knowledge or advice or any other same self-promotion that you want to give out while you have the floor? Mm. <laughs> no, not necessarily. I mean, y'all can follow me on Instagram. It's made by Samira. Okay. Um, I will be dropping my creative agency. I'll be launching my creative agency officially um, next month. Okay. So Shout out to her. Um, so I'm working on a few things right now, and I am including, like, more more music, going back, trying to take it back to my roots because I started off in PR and music, but now I want to go into, like, advertising side of music. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. If you follow me, maybe you'll see some projects I'm working on. As you, we're definitely gonna make sure that y'all go follow that Instagram. Um, appreciate you guys for tuning in as always. My name is Kato, and as always, I got more to say. <laughs>